ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between, welcome back to another edition of The Ryan Show FM with your host, Ryan Vernell. Stay a while. Hang with me. we got a lot to talk about. We've got some great guests, and they're going to recall some great stories. If you're just tuning in for the first time here on The Ryan Show FM, we put a focus on American culture. And when I'm not inviting my friends up here to banter and hang out for a bit, we're really studying what it is that makes this country tick. Music, culture, comedy, things that I deem are quite like apple pie in its own right. I consider hip-hop to be like apple pie. I consider sports, especially baseball, to be like apple pie. So I've got two great guests that are going to be joining me, the first of which is Pretty Lou, my partner's partner from many, many years. Pretty Lou was a huge part of the Lost Boys, one of the original members, and has a really great memory. He's a lot of great stories, some of which he told over the past couple of years on this program. So I'm excited to dig into the brain of Pretty Lou. After all, a lot of our listeners are from Queens. Fans of Mr. Cheeks, they want to hear these throwback stories. Who better than a credible source like Pretty Lou? I know a lot of you ballbusters are giving me a hard time about J. Anthony Brown, the drummer. But we'll find out right now. I'm going to ask Pretty Lou if J. Anthony Brown really was getting the, the chicken slap from him by 50 Cent. We're going to clear this up for real. I guess that video went viral, so a lot of people are kind of like trying to damage the credibility of who we bring on. Guys, I wouldn't bring on some fake Lost Boy. Come on, Mr. Cheeks is the head of the damn Lost Boys. But I digress. George Radney's also back. You're George Radney on What's Going On. He's our football analyst. He covers the Jets. He covers the Bills. And tonight he's coming to cover the Yankees and cover, I guess, some type of a Jets preview. And Hamptons Dave is going to be joining me at some point tonight. Finally, the other host of this program, Hamptons Dave, will be back. So everybody stay a while. Hang out. We got a good one tonight. A whole lot of great radio coming your way, and it's all thanks to our sponsor, Uber Zombie. Go to uberzombie.com, that's U-B-R-Z-O-M-B-I, to check out an array of clothing that you've never seen in your life. Custom everything with zombies on it. Got a, a great new package in. I'm going to be rocking this Uber Zombie. Uberzombie.com, check them out there. The show is brought to you by them tonight. We'll see you soon, folks. Don't go anywhere. Honky Wonky's on the ones and twos. Uh, let's get it. Kick pass it, baby. me the crypto. Don't pass me the mic. You need a cold storage for it to stack the money, though, right? Boy, look at these rappers. Nothing to talk about. I should put a swab in your mouth. Gang, 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 gang. Avatar. Gang, 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 gang. Avatar. Gang, 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 gang. Avatar. Gangsta. I could tell you work for Uber Eats Cause the car that you drove is too slow And I don't want my food to get cold Rappers be rapping, turn kinetic to quadratic Live lavish, keep your seats, write it off on them taxes Talk about the great reset They bird chest, speaking threats They couldn't get their beats wet in the deep end Read the tea leaves, sweet dreams, sweet pee And which way does the razor wire lean? How about a far bar's egg? Half a dozen to a tray Interior decor designed by Dick Gournay That's a tall order Naughty neighbors at the short table I beg your pardon, could you pass me the salt shaker? The earthquakes should be here before May We should petition the creator for an escape Ahead of my time, cause they ain't never seen what I rap They wouldn't believe we already collapsed Facts A warm rag for a filthy prostitute bath Bet you there's no vaccine for that I was exposed to this so early I'm quiet about it The way I see it ain't no need to start a riot about it I saw it and caught it and wasn't applauded I should have never started We were divided first, then conquered It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I got so dumb Now I don't trust nothing Scary 
but your avatar gangster. Alien fights, but your avatar gangster. Bro banging from his keyboard. You should see the streets more. You should keep it G more. He just pressing record. I'm scary and real, like but your avatar gangster. Alien fights, but your avatar gangster. Late soldier, the gauge holder with payola. The weed coming more colors than Crayola. You a troll? You an internet op? Was listening to new kids on the block. I'm with a few niggas, straight and stop. Raising the Glock, bare arms like Doc Octopus. Virtual concerts and VR and the Oculus. Buying property in Earthia, I own everything. Man and machine merge the singularity. You will never be a celebrity. You embarrass me, you a parody. You a charity, you need therapy. Clout chaser who scarily believe his own hype. Trying to suck your own. Ron Jeremy, pay me in crypto. Pay me in mithril. They told me holder when I did so. Shouts my n- big boy, this his ID. And I be stomping in my clear weather brand footwear. Yeah, Web 3.0 flow. This industry, AI Drake voice, take your identity. Non believers in the mega church, allow me to introduce you to bars. Now you metaverse, in the metaverse. In verses, reverse course, I spit a better verse. Gifted unlimited rhymes, universal from a multiverse of earths. That's a guru search. Creole, that's a voodoo curse. Nick Beef on IG Live with they location showing. And die tasting they own face, shell cases blowing. Scary and real, like but your avatar gangster. From his keyboard, you should see the streets more. You should keep it G more. He just pressing record. I'm scary and real, like but your avatar gangster. Alien fights, but your avatar gangster. Late soldier, the gauge holder with payola. The weed coming more colors than Crayola. Hello friends, we are back with yet another edition of the Ryan Show FM where we focus closely on the great American culture, Americana if you will. And this man that I bring on is a great contributor of Americana, especially in the realm of music, hip hop. Not a lot of people like to admit it, but yes, it is one of the great parts of American culture. And it is with uh, great pride that I say that my partner's partner is here today, (laughs) Pretty Lou. Of the Lost Boys is back what? on the right. What's going on, fam? What's going on? Man, going it's on? good to have you here, dude. I feel so honored because I'm getting one of the OG Lost Boys. That's almost impossible to get for an interview. I got to start by asking this, man. People were wondering where the hell you were with Drink Champs. You are the mysterious, the, the almost like a mythical creature at this point, man. Nah, man, I'm going to keep it real. You know, my girls, they were like pretty much doing their... Um, like the cheer championships, right? Yeah. So the weekend of the drink champ, I mean, that when they were doing that drink champs on Monday, I was coming back from my girl's championship, uh, cheer championship. So it just didn't coincide, right? You know what I mean? That's a there's always uh, there's, there's always going to be a second time around for that, huh? Definitely, that's a that's a good father move right there. Let me tell you. Uh, you know how much cheer costs, right? <laughs> actually tell me please that was the other day. for the listeners that yeah. want to know because that's like you know we are, everyone's always like wondering you know men's athletes oh it's so expensive to play hockey so expensive to play baseball how much is it on average for a year of cheerleading for the girls okay so you have to pay the uh 
what is it, the competition fees. So every competition that they go to, they have to pay a fee. Normally, I think it's anywhere like 150 or some crap like that. Then you have to buy shoes. Like the shoes are $100, $200 a pair. Every time they have to change the shoes. Um, what are we looking at? Just everything, dog. It's like yeah. we have to do the traveling. Okay, so if they do six to eight competitions, right? They do normally six regular season competitions. Then if they get the bid, win the bid to like Disney World. Oh, damn. Man, you got to pay for that. They you take over the whole, you know what's crazy? The cheer right? Yeah. They take over the whole ESPN complex, just all cheerleaders. And all those different venues at the ESPN complex, Yeah, they're running cheer, like they're doing cheer, different cheer divisions and stuff like that. It's crazy. Insane. But yeah, there's a, there's a yeah. huge, uh, you know, it's like a money grab. Like you said, you know, think about it. We talk about like America, American culture, right? Americana, gymnastics, mm -hmm. been around forever. But man, has American parents, or I guess American gym companies been capitalizing on it. It's a lot, 150 bucks per kid. What the hell do they need all that money for? I guess it is a lot to maintain. But anyway, Lou, it's uh, it's good to well, see you putting kids first, parenting first. It ain't always easy as a goddamn rock star to do that. We all know that firsthand. Uh, but... Uh, so the drink champs appearance. Were you happy with the drink champs episode? Something, anything like left out? Or you, you feel like everything was in there? I just feel that you know they could have been more in depth in some certain things. Like you know they left out that Casey Chrysler nonsense. You know what I mean? Nobody espoused doing that. But this cat got all our freaking social media hijacked right now. Cheeks his name, the lost boy name, all freaking hijacked. Talk about it. Tell these people, yo. This cat is a fraud. If you're trying to go to this page, it's not my page right now. Can't because believe that, that it never got out. Maybe it was nah. cut from Drink Champs. Like, you know, there was a few Not a word. Yo, to be honest with you, not a word about the Ryan show. This guy has been, Miss G's been on radio with me for seven years now. And whoever the, I'm surprised they didn't even ask the question. It's one thing, yo, Cheeks is a rock star. We're talking about rock stars. He's just like, he, talking about a unicorn. He's just in his own what? world. I don't expect him to bring yeah, anything yeah, up. Yeah. But if you're a journalist yeah, like DJ Effin, this dude has it in his profile and has been on the show for seven years as a national radio host. But, but the Casey Chrysler thing, what absolutely. What if they didn't want to big you up, though? What if they didn't want to big you up? You know, you competition to them. You know? Could Am be I? That, though. Little old me? Are you? A focus, a study on American history? That's competition. Yeah, Drink champs? You know, like these, are, these are rap legends here. But, yeah, but I'm just saying, any, any part of that media, you know, you could be competition in media, right? They say that we're competing up. with cat videos, Lou, on YouTube. Cat videos. <laughs> cat videos. We're literally competing with kitten videos. So, yeah, the whole case crisis thing, absolutely ridiculous. And it's not like he's not posting about it every day. It's almost like, to me, I feel like Nori and Effin are kind of responsible to ask those questions, to be like, what the hell's going on? Why is your verified page being hacked? But maybe they don't know. Like, so, you know, sometimes, like I said, you know, if you're not, how can I put this? You know, Cheeks, like you said, Cheeks does what Cheeks wants to do. So Cheeks is in his own his own lane. He doesn't focus and try to be around these other cats. And, yeah. you know, just he runs into them at functions and things like that. But it's not always trying to be around the industry cats. You know what I mean? That's true. So maybe it's just something that they don't know. Like, if they're not following him on any pages that he's, and he's not following them on any pages, you know how everybody wants to follow everybody else these days. And that's how people get their information about people. Yeah. Yo, isn't it insane no. to think that, that you can get that lost in the Matrix? Like, for, I want to say for four years now, we've been screaming that Cheeks' account is hacked. He's, he's had shows 
taken promoters have been getting uh robbed thinking that they're going and getting a show he's, this is like public nah. he's coming out making posts about it so i'm sorry mm -hmm. like you'd think that if you were so, doing a platform as big as drink champs you would google mr cheeks or look into the social media and see what's going on and this is no like no i grew up listening to nori i don't know who the hell dj effin is i grew up listening to nori so this is no knock on the man i love his music just you know yeah. and plus like you see him as a broadcaster he's getting better and better who knows? Yeah. But sometimes you got to think, though, it might have been a lot going on. And sometimes those things can go off the rails. You know how interviews can go off the rails, though? And yeah. it is drink chance. So you start That's putting your drinking in, and the interview could have went off the rails. They could have had a certain, you know, a certain syllabus or whatever that they were trying to follow, and then it just went off the rails. It definitely you know? could have. And one yeah. other thing that, that irked me, they said that was the first ever Lost Boys interview. And that's just a flat out lie. The first ever Lost Boys interview, we actually hosted live and everybody was there. You, Spig Nice, and Mr. Yeah. Cheeks. And it was yeah. a vibe, man. I remember it was a whole that's online awesome. hangout and all these different yeah. LB family members came on and we had hundreds of people that were watching live. That was one of the cooler live broadcasts that we had ever done. So there were a few things about it that I was just a little confused by, but overall it was nice. It's always nice to just see Cheeks get the roses that he damn deserves. And Spig... And it was cool to see mm -hmm. Ka over there to kind of, you know, bridge it all together. Yeah. So, you know, it was it was a cool interview for what it's worth. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But mean, it was I'm missing pretty little. I'm sorry, dude. I, like, like, I got to say, I'm like, as, a, as a real fan of Lost Boys, like, you're, dude, mm -hmm. you were so, you were, the, you were right there. And plus, you were actually rapping. You were hyping. You were a hype man, too. So, you know, I'm sorry. To me, it was not a full-on, actual, authentic Lost Boys interview without Pretty Lou. Call me crazy. But no, like I you mean, said, hopefully we like, our two drink champs. Yeah, but you can't take nothing from Spig and Cheeks because they were originals too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's yeah. Like, well, that's you know, true. It, it, it's a Lost Boy interview, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, Lou wasn't there, but you can't discount the fact that Cheeks and Spig were there. You know? That's true. I'm just picky. Sorry. Sorry. I know I'm what you're saying, Sorry bro. I'm such a Lost Boys fan. <laughs> I know what you're saying, but like I said, though, you know, these things happen. Um, they, I've seen pre quite a few people do more than one time on Drink Champs, you know. So it's something that we can look forward to the next time, I guess, you know, once we start moving around a little bit more, because we're about to start moving around a little bit to do some things, to get some things back in order. Okay? It seems like that. It seems like there's been more live shows. So are you ready for that, man? Are you ready to start no, traveling again? Nah, really. Are you ready for that rock not star really. lifestyle? Not really, bro. Not really. I, I like I said, I've been chilling so long, but I've been running around with, like I said, been running around with my kids for years. Like yeah. damn, they're doing the same type, of shit, just not being the one performing. My daughters would be performing, right? But I, nah, I don't know. Like I said, it it is fun. Like I I see it as being fun again because I get to be with my brothers after like twenty years of not doing this with my brother. You know. And recently, you, you guys have rocked the bells. You guys were all up there for LLP. Yo, shout out Hampton Dave. Hold on. Shout out Hampton Dave. You know, I seen him in, I seen him up there. He's like, yo, Lewis, what's up? I'm like, Dave, what's going on? Yo. He told me. He told me he was hyped to see you. He's like, pretty Lou is up there. That's that cool. freaking experience. Like, well, let me tell you, though. Watching Legends yeah. was what I liked the most about it. Like, yeah, we performed. Yeah, that was great, right? But to be honest with you, I never got to see Run DMC perform before that night. Was it everything you dreamed of? Man, 
Them dudes are amazing. I'm standing there next to the mayor watching Run DMC. <laughs> that was the crazy awesome, dude. Word. I like, you know, like just standing there. I, I had to watch the whole thing. I watched the whole thing, you know. Then I watched um, like I just watched a lot of different artists because I'm not there to, you know, like I said, I'm a fan of these cats' music too. A lot of these cats we like were before us. Yeah. So why not pay homage and why not watch them? You know what I mean? Why not show respect? I mean, it was it was a lot of artists in yeah. the crowd watching other artists. That's what made that festival so dope. You know? I was standing there one time with Rock from um from boot camp. We out there looking at, I can't remember who we was watching, but we was watching somebody. But cats was just in the crowd. Like cats would come from backstage, go to the little area in the front of the stage. Well, I seen Dave and just stand there and watch people perform. It was dope. So, like, you know, just, it was so organic, man. It was, yo, Run DMC, you know, I, the part I had to see was when Run said, we had a whole lot of superstars on this stage tonight. You know what I mean? So and epic. then they did Kings from Queens, from Queens come Kings. Damn right. So Queens come Kings, bro. Yo, it was, it was dope. It was Damn. so dope. You know? Queens hip hop. Just the best. Uh, there's some talk and controversy, though, around these 50 years mean? of hip-hop. I got to ask, because you're part of it, man. You're actually part of the 50 years of hip-hop, one of these groups mm -hmm. that celebrated. I talked to Grandmaster Vic on the phone. And Vic's mm -hmm. like, oh, 50 years of hip-hop. They didn't know 50 years of hip-hop. They don't know when the date is for 50 years of hip-hop. And he was pissed about it. I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you think that right. it's the real 50 years of hip-hop? Or maybe it's kind of hard to quantify. Listen, for 50 years, people have been saying that uh, what's the guy's name from from the Bronx? Fifty years they've been saying DJ Herc. Cool Herc started the the term hip hop, right? Yeah. So for fifty years he started that term. Why everybody want to come out to Woodworks now? So so he literally you know I mean? coined the term hip hop. That's the big right to do. right okay. right. He started the hip hop term. I think they wrote it on like a flyer they were doing. I mean, it, you can Google it, see the flyer. Everybody was giving this dude props before this 50th anniversary stuff came. Everybody was talking about, yo, hurt, 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 hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Say what you want to say, but yeah, you know, yeah, it could have started in the Bronx and then funneled to other other places. Yeah. You know? But come on. Yeah, you got to you got to like this. The, the way I look at it, it started in the Bronx, right? Mm. But Queens made it mainstream. Say what you want to say. Say what you want to say. We made it mainstream. And I say that by the prime example of Run DMC getting on Live Aid. Uh, okay, we'll see that. So then that's that's exactly it right there. You can actually quantify that moment where the mainstream started hearing about it. But if we're going to be honest with ourselves here, we all know it was Lil Baby's grandfather. That was the first real rapper. Do you ever see that video? Little you know baby, <laughs> this no. is this video. This guy looks exactly like little baby. It's always stepped uh, out of a time machine back in the 1940s, and he's like, he's doing this like old school kind of rap. He's like, the cat got the mouse, the mouse got the dog. But you the gotta dog. think though, right? Yeah, that scat music and all of that from yeah, back yeah. in the days, that 40s scat and all of that. Yeah. That's rap. Yeah, it's what I'm saying. It really like, is. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's it's just the the way the music was brought about. You know what I mean? Like the changing. You know, the scratching and all of that stuff is how it became hip-hop, you know. And it's a culture. Everybody wants to put their two cents in there, but come on. Yeah. Why weren't y'all beefing about this 
during the 50 years before this. <laughs> you know? That's how I look at it. Everybody paid homage to Kool Hurt before this. You know? Yeah, the, the beef seems to happen, I guess, in the 80s over that, right? Over who started hip-hop. I don't the know. Bridges over. Oh, no, that was just beef, though. Like, that was just beef. Remember, I mean, that was more like, ah, what? LL. I mean, that was MC Shoes Crew. Hip hop started out in the park. After dark. Yeah. And then the bridge is over. The bridge, the bridge is, over. is over. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, you know what I told you? know what? I saw a documentary on it, right? And uh -huh. Nori was talking about that song. He was like, yo, you couldn't hate the song because it was so fire. So when we met, when we met KRS, like, you know, as peers, I, we, I told him, I was like, yo, that song is fire. I said, until you get to the part where you say Queens is steady faking it, my whole crew just stopped. We don't even, we, we stopped listening to the song <laughs> until that part is over. You know what I mean? Like, we just, like, you have us hype, but then you say Queens is steady. Everybody like this. I said, yo, we, we <laughs> love the song, but just we don't love that part. That's it. But the song was fire. You, I mean, you couldn't deny the song. Yeah. You know? It was hard, man. I'm sorry. Like, uh, and I, I'm Team Queens. Hard. I'm not from Queens. Damn, that song was hard. Crazy. It was crazy. It was like, yo, let me tell you. Like, that Rocky Bells thing. Man, yeah. it was so many. It was so lovely, dog. I mean, it was lovely because, you know, just hearing Swiss Beats got 550 songs in his catalog, bro. Insane. Probably more. Really? 550? That's what he said on stage. He's like, yo, I got 550 songs in the catalog. So he was just doing songs and bringing out artists, right? So awesome. And I watched the whole thing. I watched Ludacris. I watched Latifah bring out Naughty by Nature. Not so just Tretch, not Vinny, not KG, but all three. You know, they don't even perform together like that. No, that's what I'm saying. They had to for the fifth Brother. Year. They had to. Brother. And then, they, and then they was all on stage watching Run DMC. So epic. So you know how you know how ill this was? Like Run DMC freaking LL. That's my idol because I've been an LL fan forever. Earl, you know his boy Earl? Mm. One used to always wear the black hat. Okay. Huh? He lived across the street from my grandmother. When I lived with my grandmother over there on that side of town before I moved oh, to the south side. Yeah, like my grandmother and his moms, they knew each other and everything because they lived directly across the street. I knew right. Earl. He knew we were just a little kid. I was hoping to run into him up there. You know what I mean? Mm. I used to see LL all the time. I was a little kid. Like, well, you know, school age. Yeah. They was a little older. You know well, what I mean? He was already LL Cool J. He was already famous when you saw him? When I'm talking about when that I Need a Beat came out. I Need a wow. Beat. What was he like back then? You very first any, good LL, any good LL Cool J stories from back then? Nah, I didn't really know him like that. Like I said, I was a little kid. You yeah. know, just sitting on the steps, see him come by, pick up Earl, and they gone. You know what I mean? And yeah. I knew, like I knew, uh, cut creator more, more so because me and his little brother was friends. So I used mm -hmm. to be over here at the house. You know what I mean? I know cut creator kind of well. We all lived on the same block. Got it. Wow. So right off of Farmers Boulevard. I'm glad you're doing this. Uh, this is a perfect transition here because the most viral clip in all these years of us doing the Ryan Show was a clip mm -hmm. of J. Anthony Brown with, by, which, by the way, are you familiar with J. Anthony Brown, the drummer? Yo, mm, no, when you said Jandy, bro, I don't think it's somebody else, but go ahead. No, okay, nah, so I don't, I'm not really is... familiar with him too much. Uh oh, I hope I thought you were talking about the comedian. Him. Nah, 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 I thought you were talking about the comedian. You know, it's another comedian, it's a comedian named uh, 
J. Anthony Brown as well. Well, this he's is on. Cool. Um, I think the Steve Harvey show. It's a very, I, like, it like a very stagey name. It sounds like, yeah. but he's a drummer for Mr. Cheeks. I met him as a drummer for Mr. Cheeks, and I guess he grew up in your neighborhood. New Freaky mm-hmm. Ta, new Mr. Cheeks back then. And he told two stories, both of which got a lot of heat. A lot of people are really happy that the story came out. The first one was about how he knew Freaky Ta. Freaky Ta defended him at some point. I guess like he was going to do some street stuff. And Ta's like, nah, settle back. You're the church guy. Chill out. Like, this isn't uh, for you. This, you're not about this life. Yeah. And, the drummer. and people, yeah, so you might, do you remember him, the church drummer? Yeah, I think I do. I do. Okay, okay. Because people from your block were in the YouTube comments like, man, I've been outside my whole life. I ain't never seen him. He ain't about that life. But it is, it's all explained in another story. Apparently, 50 Cent bullied him and smacked a two piece of fried chicken out of his hands when he was standing outside. And and this, so, this clip got half a million views so, in like a week. So he's on 134. He's from 134. He's from 134. Okay. And uh, yeah, just to, to think that that was, uh, was what went valid. I'm sorry, that was what went viral all the way back in the day. But yeah, so there is truth to it. I mean, did you grow up seeing all that stuff too? Like, I guess uh, I, I need you to clear this up for me because there's a lot of rumors that Tony Yayo and 50 Cent, all these like young kids back in the day were all part of Lost Boys and the movement back yeah. in Queens. Is there any truth yeah. to that? All right, let's put it like this. 50 and Yayo was never really like part of the Lost Boys. You know what I mean? They always had their own thing. They was up on that block, 134, getting money, always, right? Now, a lot of cats that might be under them that's, like, running around with the G-Unit movement, like Smurf, who helped start that movement. Smurf was, you know, our little man like that. And probably a bunch of other little cats on that block, because there was a lot of cats on that block, you know what I mean? So half could have went this way, half could have went that way, you know what I mean? But 50, nah, like, I know 50 from him always getting money on that block when he used to be with uh, Jojo and um, Kendu and God rest the dead, Light Skin Kev and um, Big Kev and a bunch of other cats from that block. Yeah. I got my man, I got and all that. I know, like, I know 50 from that block, you know, getting money over there all the time. Was he a wild boy? See, it seems like he was just such a, a wild boy as a kid. All these stories that you hear, he's not really, uh, he's not yeah. faking it. Nah, he ain't faking it, but it's like, you know, when I was over on the block all the time, it was always just chilling, you know, not, yeah. never no, no wild nonsense going on at that time. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, like like there was, uh, somebody had said that he was tight with Freaky Ta. That's the that's what I always hear is that somehow 50 and Ta were tight. So I don't know if there's any I can see it. that. I can see it through, mm. through Mutt. Through Mutt. Mutt, Mutt, like, um, Mutt. He probably was like, you know, because Mutt was like Ty's man, 50 man. You know what I mean? Mm. I could see that, though. But, I mean, they was all from the same block. They could be out there hanging out. You know what I mean? I could it's see so it. crazy. There's a video. That's what it was. That's actually a video of you, a young Pretty oh, Lou, no, and a young 50 Cent together all hanging out at some type of a barbecue that went viral. Oh, that was Freaky Ty Day. That was Freaky Ty Day. It was a Freaky Ty Day. Okay. So, yeah. that explains why everybody was getting and D2 was in the picture. My son is in the picture. My son, Lou Got Cash, was like four, was like three, four years old in that picture, man. Dude, it's so in that video. epic. It's so crazy how there's yeah. just five degrees of separation when it comes to all but, these famous rappers from Queens. But I'm just saying, like, Queens is a, we all from like Jamaica. Like, it's not like, yeah. We used to go to school, like, you know, we used to go to school with Ja. Ja, at one time, the Lost Boys, Ja Rule, 
and Onyx all were in Adams, John Adams together. The same age group, too. Yeah, that's wait, that's insane. So time out. So Ja Rule, Onyx, Lost Boys, all in the same high school. Same high school all the time. All the same age group, like same classes. Matter of fact, you know who else was there? You know who else was there? Horse. Horse from uh from uh Uchi Wally Wally. Yeah, horse wow. was in our school too. We all was in the same, like Yah's a little younger than us, right? So it was like mostly like if you want to say the age bracket, yeah. it was um Onyx, Lost Boys, Horse was there. Um Somebody else, I can't. I, I'm not gonna try to bust my brain and do it right now. And if I forgot you, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's but, so, so did you guys actually hang out in high school? Like, we're Lost Boys and uh, Onyx hanging out yeah. together in high school before you guys got famous? Yeah, we all from the same. Onyx and Lost Boys are from the same neighborhood. Did you guys used to rap yeah, together from, or like you know any music? Around doing cyber, yeah, the, the, the lunch rooms, all that. I'm just saying, so then, like, then you got to think, right? You shifted to, like, Jamaica Avenue. We all used to be in front of the Coliseum. Yeah. Then, you know, you had a bunch of other cats out there. Like, you know, we, it, it was just fun back then. Like, who was the nicest rapper of all of the guys in uh, John Adams High School back then? But between, you know, Cheeks, Ty, you, Sticky Fingers. First of all, Sticky your... didn't go. It, it was the other three. Oh, okay. The other three were there. Sticky's from Brooklyn. Okay. Like, okay. you know, I think he had moved to like somewhere else and then moved back. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he he didn't go to Adams with us. He went to some school in Brooklyn. I forgot what school he went to. But I want to say there was a lot of like really. I think it was Fredro and Cheeks. Mm. I, uh, you know what I mean? I think Fredro and Cheeks. Eddie was kind of nice too. Green eyes. My green eyes. Okay. You know the the other lost boy said nobody <laughs> that he get mad about because used to be five of us, not four. Now, right. now, why did Cheeks and Fredro, uh, did they ever team up and start do anything together any more than just rapping together? Yeah, just, like, talking about it, just rhyming, you know, like they would be rhyming at the lunch tables and everything other than that. And there was this clown kid, right, at the school. His name, he called himself LL Cool Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I swear man. to God, man. LL Cool Ray. He used, to, he used to try to rhyme like LL so bad, man. LL Cool Ray. That's amazing. Yeah, this yeah, you can't make this serious. That is absolutely amazing. Okay, so this, we're going to take this time to play a little bit of Lost Boys. It's time mm -hmm. for you people to hear some great American music at its finest, hip hop, and Pretty Lou, one of the anchors of this group. We're going to learn a little bit more about the intricacies of Lost Boys when we get back. This is the Ryan Show FM. Mr. Cheeks is here in spirit. Hamptons Dave is here in spirit, but Pretty Lou is here today. Spig Nice is here too. Anyway, Spig Nice is here in spirit. <laughs> Freaky Ka and Tar here in spirit tonight. That's right. We will return. Imagine me, from what I see with no. Never look at me, cause I, I imagine me in a place. No insecurities, and I finally happy, cause I imagine I used to want to have blue eyes. I used to wanna have blue eyes It's like I was living two lives Internalized self-hatred with racism in society Yes, as American as apple pies Psychologically terrorized To the point where the mirror could even tell you lies I would stare at my parents and wonder why my parents was different Used to wish I was white with fantasize Kindergarten labor retarded was traumatized And pipeline and started me into homicides Telling me I'm a felony or I'm a disability So the natural progression for me was suicide Aspire to it at only five Either that or the bluest eye Identity clash, who am I? If I could speak to a young 
younger me, I would rewrite my history And tell me that you're beautiful cause you alive Imagine me Love what I see when one They would look at me cause I I imagine I me to in a place No insecurities I finally have me cause I imagine Oxymoron like true lies Fighting demons inside Using lightning and cream to hide Her complexion killing and suffering her inside She couldn't handle the sunshine Her skin developed a cancer in her enzymes What she thought was the answer Had now threatened to cancel the melanin That's protecting her It's a thin line Deeply affected her when her husband died Her innermost insecurities got magnified African woman lost in the shadow of white supremacy With the light of your skin to be and be glorified Generations and centuries we've been victimized Started viewing Myself through our oppressor's eyes I wrote this verse for my auntie I send these words in Ashanti I want you to know that your culture is where your power lies Could you imagine Could you imagine me Could you imagine Could you imagine me again pretty lou is in the building and lou you had something that you shout really out. had to say yeah shout out cool the ruler divine man peace cool to the room. god that's my dog that's my dog that instrument is hell ah truly he he, he is one of the most underrated producers in the game you know okay. he is one of like in my opinion he's one of the most underrated producers yeah i mean we talk about uh we talk about um like onyx and lost boys this guy had mm -hmm. helped produce music for both of these super groups back in the day yeah. definitely you know um you're ready louis we gotta so get some like you were saying, you're looking like the shadow of pretty lou right now so like you were saying about the um you know you were saying the six degrees of separation yeah. you know 50 was signed to jmj too when onyx was first out really you know that he was He's in a he's in a record. I think one of the videos they put out. I think he's on the record with them. You know? That's crazy. I didn't know that. I always thought there was such beef. I thought that was the big notorious beef. We we went to junior high school together. Onyx and Lost Boys too. Not just high school. We went to 226 together. 226. Some people went to 202. We all like Marlon. DS, rest in peace. Yeah. Me and DS, we was in like gifted classes. So we was we had the same gym class and all that. My man DS, rest in peace. Wow. So, Lou, a lot of people like are familiar. Everybody who listens to Lost Boys vocally, they hear Mr. Cheeks and Ta. If they really know Lost Boys, they hear you in the back too. And I feel like we just need to give you some damn credit where credit's due. You were a backbone for that group behind the scenes, making sure everything was in order. And we all know what it's like. Like these are these are actual rock stars here we're talking about. Mr. Cheeks, Freaky Ta. Well, I can tell you like some stability. I can tell you like the dynamic changes when we actually got signed mm. you know like that's when they put 
A lot of people around us started doing the divide and conquer stuff. Oh, you're the lead rapper, putting this in this yeah. cat's ear, putting that. Oh, we don't need to sign this cat or that cat. See what it was. They used our loyalty to one another against us. Wow. You know, like we were loyal to no fault to one another because it was like it took us almost like over 10 years just to get a deal. Wow. So who was I to say, nah, I'm not on this record. I don't need to be, yo, you know, who am I to say, you know, to, to like, to throw, to, to want to throw a tantrum or throw a monkey wrench into this when for 10 years, we were all we had. You know, you understand? Yeah. We were all we had. 10 years. People were like, oh, y'all still hang together? Or, oh, get a job. That crap ain't going to work. You know? Wow. And we were each other's support backbones for 10 freaking years just trying to do it we went all in with this we went all in you understand yeah so i got no i got no complaints i got no riffs none of that you know if i had to do it again i would i just would maybe try to be a little smarter about some other things but like i said if i i got no complaints you know the ride the ride was a hell of a one you know what i mean it was a hell of a ride bro incredible man and, and it's like and the thing is, like, what people don't realize, you know, a lot of groups cast that meet, like, when they're in high school or some shit like that, or college, or, you know, it's not organic like it was with us. We been boys since, like I said, elementary, freaking middle school. You know, like, that type stuff. Yeah. You know, I moved around that way when I was 10. So I met them cast when I was 10 years old. So, like, we known each other for all our lives. So it's like... You know, right now, it's not like we speak when we speak. Like, we don't have to be uh, like, you know, nobody has to call and try to connect the dots. Like, you know, I'm going to call you. You're going to call me. We're going to. And the conversations are never strained. The conversations are like as if we just got off the phone yesterday. Yeah. You understand? Because it's organic. It's really, really organic. Like These are my brothers. And it's the only way to put it. You know, this is organic. That's why I feel like Lost Boys had such a movement behind it. Just because the culture was created as a group. It wasn't just Mr. Cheeks. It wasn't just Mr. Cheeks and Freaky Todd. It was a bunch of dudes that grew up together having a good time. And it was that type of music. <laughs> good vibe music. The music videos. The culture around it was not just two dudes. And it's like you said. It's almost like people are naturally divisive as it is. So it's like to pull things apart. But when it's that type yeah. of chemistry elementary middle school high school chemistry took 10 years to get from point a to point b people don't see what goes in everybody thinks it's just an overnight success that when the contract yeah. here that's it it's not like it's, now it's, we're, not, it's not as easy as plants, it's simple. not as easy as it's not as easy as people perceive it like it's easier now because there are so many more outlets you don't have to go run into a radio station i mean a radio company i mean excuse me i'm a record company yeah. in order to get a deal. You can freaking make a hot song, make it go viral on the internet, and then they're chasing you. Yeah. And that exactly. process will take six months. Right around. Absolutely. And you're seeing it firsthand. Now, you mentioned briefly your son is Lou Got Cash. So you're witnessing the yeah. next generation of your bloodline blowing up as rappers. So, and that's yeah. obviously much different. It wasn't some, at least to my knowledge, some 10 year escapade with his friends where it just blew up i mean i mean you what was it what was it like witnessing the development of what he's done in music versus what you had done when you were his age yeah. hold on 
was so funny because it was like, you know, he lives here. Like he was living here. Yeah. Going to school. He was going to college. So he came home from that first year of college and went to go see his moms in New York. So I'm like, you know, it's around this time of the year right now, you know, when school has to start back. I'm calling him like, hey, what's going on? When you coming back, you know, you got to go back to school. Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? Dad, I'm going to send you this contract. What are you talking about? Dad, I'm going to send you this contract. Uh, he sends me the contract. I read the contract. I'm like, yo, are you signing with DJ Self? He's like, yeah. I said, yo, but you was only up there like a couple of months. Yeah, well, they signed me. I was like, wow, that's crazy. The way it went from wow, zero to 60 and, you know, just no time at all. Like, I see them playing around with the rap stuff, like, you know, here, here and there, you know, but as far as like him just going up there and accomplishing all of that in a couple of months, you know, it was crazy to me. Because he had it now. What came first, the hit? Because didn't he have a hit record before DJ Self? Something just came out and kind of no. went super viral. No, no. So what? No, how does that even no. work? DJ Self saw his potential and just hit him with a well, contract. Actually, right over. actually, I'm gonna tell you, a Lost Boy family member. Uh, shout out, shout out, um, shout out, Dot. Right, Dot is the Lost Boy family member. I got his own crew and everything, but you know, Lost Boys and Dot, Dot came up as a Lost Boy family member, you know what I mean? And Dot is, was like doing him, promoting, like doing promotion and all of that in the city, running around. I knew Lou and was like, yo, self, my little man, you need to sign my little man, sign my little man, you know? And it was as simple as that, because you hear about a lot of these guys, like, not self per se, but I know there was a big mm -hmm. controversy, I guess Mace signed Fabio Foreign for Fifty thousand bucks, something that seems like a whole lot of money at the time. I wish I knew the particulars, no. but now looking back, it's not as much. But at the same time, without a platform and the connections of a guy like Mace, it's not like you, you know, it's it, you're getting more than no, what sure. you're really signing for. Hold on, so one second. Do it. Okay, one second. You you're right about that. That's true. And also, okay, I need a little more lightning. Here we Sorry go. about that. Okay, so also you got to look. Oh, you brought up Mace. Sorry, I'm about to go on a wild tangent. Have you read the story that Puff is giving all his artists back their uh, publishing? Really? That's big He's news. Everybody, every bad boy artist is getting it. What's the catch, back. though? Why is he just giving it up all of a sudden? There's got to be more to it than that. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it could be a catch or it could be. But, you know, a way around publishing these days, right, mm. is... A lot of artists, if they don't have their publishing, they'll replay the song. Like, they'll redo the songs. Yeah, exactly. And then put them out on the streaming platform. So, either way, now imagine if all those artists started doing that to Puff, then his, that catalog wouldn't be nothing anyway. Because they, you know, they can just go back in and redo the song and then have it streamed digitally that way. Like you as long noticed, as they still have like, the voice for it. Like, you look at certain yeah. guys, you, you know, they're not yeah. able to still but you go haven't noticed, it. But you haven't noticed, like, certain songs... You can like, I don't know if you do like the streaming like on the different platforms. Yeah. You ever notice how certain songs sound different from the original? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, is that because they were re-recorded? Yeah, some of them are like wow. redone. They like they'll do them digitally, and then you know I guess if they can't get that master back, they'll you know they they do it that way. I heard um, I've heard of quite a few artists doing it. I know Taylor I know Swift made it famous. It. Taylor Swift redid all of her old albums. That's shorty. She's smart. She's smart yeah. as hell. She's smart as hell. Like, and she got a cult following. So, you know, 
Her following is a cult following. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, like, hit the absolute peak of pop star, superstardom, beyond country music where she started, just took it all the way to the top. Saw a video of her in Ice Spice. That was kind yeah. of viral. Well, I guess he, they went out and retorned. But I'm going to tell you, though, right? What it is, her fans grew with her. Remember, she was a little yes. kid, so her fans are growing Sorry. up with her, right? That's the problem with hip hop. Like, it's hard to bridge the gap with hip hop. You know, yeah. like, when you, I guess if you, like, you'll grow with an artist for a while, but then you and that artist grow apart. Yeah. Because, like, I, I don't know, you, I guess you start feeling you're too old to listen to hip hop or something. I don't know what it is. But whoever can figure out how to bridge the gap between the two will be a billionaire. Because you got to think, man, there, like, there are, like great grandkids, like great grandfathers and grandfathers taking their sons and grandsons and granddaughters to see Grateful Dead. It's true. How is it that the Grateful Dead is still Jerry Garcia is gone? But how are they still one of the the highest grossing tour tour acts to this day? That's because well, they are freaking growing, brother. They are That's, like yeah. their fans grow with them, and their fans bring the other ones on. You know. Like with hip hop, like okay, so I tell people all the time, we are frontline, like we're frontline with hip hop. When I say that, I mean I, I grew up in a house where it was like, oh, turn that crap off in my house, you know, it ain't gonna last, all that type of shit, right? Sorry, mock that. I, I didn't mean to come. <laughs> You're good. Right? You know, to that, to yo, if I hear a song, yo, who is that? Turn that up. You know, in my house. Mm. You know, yo, who is that? Who what artist is that? That's kind of hot. You know, like. Everybody's talking about the different, uh, you know, the different genres, like the different ages of hip hop. Oh, like they say, old school people don't respect the new school stuff, right? Yeah. I see it like this: there are only two types of music, good and bad. If it's bad, then nobody's gonna like it. I'm gonna freak if it's old or new. Yeah. If it's good, old or new, you're gonna like it because there's always songs. There's so many new school songs that I like, you know, from these artists that like you wouldn't think, you know, like. Uh, like you was talking about Little Baby, right? He yeah. got some stuff. My kids listen, like, you know, my, my older kids was listening to Little Baby. My older kids, like, my, my son Lou, he put me on a Meek Mill. You know, I'm like, that's oh, it. that's hot. You know, so understand where I'm coming from. Like, there, there are levels to it. And what people got to realize is we just got to figure out how to bridge the gaps. That's all. You know? I feel like there's there's so much. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's you, the future billionaire, is going to bridge the gap. You just created a rap star. You are the rap star. Two no. different styles of music. It's not like Pretty Lou's rapping the Yo, same Ryan. style as you. Yo, Ryan. You know what I want to do? What's that? I want to start a hip-hop casino. Ooh, you know how they got the Hard Rock idea. Cafe? Yeah. You know how they got the Hard Rock idea. Cafe? What would you call it? The Boom Bap Cafe? Nah, man. Just the hip-hop hip cafe? Hip-hop casino. Oh, hip -hop I'm sorry. The hip-hop casino? Hip -hop. Wow. The hip hop casino and resort. Because you got a thing, right? You know how they have residence for people, right? Yeah. So all these old school artists could have residencies. These new school artists could have residencies. And that's how you get to bridge the gap because they get to know each other and doing things together. And, you know, because it's not like they're just performing for a young crowd or yeah. we're not just performing for an old crowd. You're performing for the crowd that comes to, to that casino, either in yeah. Vegas, wherever it's at, you know, but we like. Look all the money the Hard Rock Cafe make, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Iconic. So, so we're on the charts as much as they are. Hard Rock. 
right? Rock. We'll More. You can't. Yo, it's hip hop is right. literally the most popular right. genre of music. So think about. It. So think about it. The hip hop casino in Brazil. Yo, dude, you hmm. better patent that idea before some old dude with way more money comes I, in. I and really wish. In and culture I really wish I could get. I really wish I could get one of them old dudes on board. Well, you need. I, mean, yeah, I wish I, I knew somebody. Is, I, yeah. I really wish I knew the right person to talk to. One of these team owners or something. Where would I you really want to talk to somebody? Where would you open up a, a resort like that? You'd have to do it in Vegas. Yeah, you'd have to do it in Vegas. Like, there's really no other place for. It. Yeah. Unless you want to try Lenny City, but Lenny City is a shell of itself. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, you'd have to do it in What an idea. What a great idea. You'd have to yeah, do it like in that, let's, let's hope nobody hears this episode and <laughs> runs off to some investor because that is a damn golden idea to do a hip hop casino yeah. and resort. Residencies mm-hmm. for everyone. Then you could have some comedians, some Def Jam comedy nights. Right. All of that. Yeah. It's like, okay, so you know, you got the venues for all of that. And it's like you're making them come there for the hip-hop culture. Not just rap. You know what I mean? You could have the old-school break dudes there, dudes there doing doing uh shows. You got to hit up Tyler you know Perry, I mean? dude. He's worth $800 million. He could put a little bit of that into it. Get his billionaire friends around. Yeah. Somebody yeah, that's that, got some insane like... amount of money. Mm-hmm. And he's in your neck of the woods. Great idea, Lou. Uh, wow. I wouldn't want to talk to you. To somebody really, really like into that life. I wish I knew like a Chinese billionaire. I'm sorry. That, yeah, or a Saudi Arabian billionaire. I wish I knew one of them sheets so bad. Because we would, yo, Ryan, we'd be doing the show from the casino. Yeah, exactly. For moving to Vegas, everybody, everyone pack your bags with one way ticketing out of here. Think about it though. It's like you would be like, you could like build these shows where it's like, you know, you have a LL Cool J with a little baby or something, you know what I mean? Or, or LL Cool J, Meek Mill, that you know that wow. those are the two that are there. So it's like you're bridging the gap because now you got this old school dude teaching this young school about stuff, and then they're gonna start, you know, or just do it. You know, it's it's so much you could do with that idea. Though. It's, it's insane so to see it. how far hip hop has come and how it's just mm-hmm. it's it's all over American culture. You even got guys like Lil Nas X and you've got like no, Confederate country hold rappers. Got a MAGA, they got a MAGA rapper, man. That's, yeah, that, that, <laughs> they've got MAGA rappers. They've got actual yeah, Confederate That is bananas, though. But it's absolutely you know, crazy. It, it's. It is what it is, bro. We got to do what we got to do to try to let... Let's People try to succeed. Rap, let's do some things. People yeah. love it. I People mean, love rap. They love the... Uh, it's it's such an such an intelligent art form. And it moves the soul. Come on. Words are everything. Yeah. Man. But, you know, bringing the violence into it is what may hinder a project like what we were just talking about. Because there's so much violence involved right now. How can you, you know? avoid it, though? Because you go to these old school hip-hop shows, there's no violence. No, that shows me, maybe back in the day when they were playing anti up live, there was a lot back of violence. In the day, there was yeah, some robberies. But that's when that's when the artists that's when the artists were like twenty five. That's what I'm saying. Like the, people the, grow the, up. The like, fan yeah. base is there. Man, like I said, I watched all these people, bro. Grown folks, gray hair. You know, some with dark hair like me. Yeah, vibing to Run DMC, vibing to, to the Roots in LL, yeah. vibing to Red and Meth. You know what I mean? Vibing mm. all these groups that you know that we came up on. So 
I don't know. We just got to figure out a way, man, to just make this thing happen. Like, It'll happen. Uh, like these kids, I've got a feeling. These kids got to, what it is, though, these kids got to separate that that culture from it. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that gang mentality and all that. Once you start taking that away from it and moving away from that and just going back on talent and doing what you do, I think that it'll move forward again because, like, you know, it constantly stays in the news because, oh, what do they say? If some kid is, is young and gets shot, a kid, oh, he was a rapper. Or a kid does some killing, oh, he was a rapper. I mean, that's not the case all the time because he got a song he put on the internet that makes him like a professional rapper. No, it, it seems to me, Lou, it's just poverty, man. It's just, you know, I wasn't around. I'm not part of hip hop, but from my outside mm -hmm. view of it, a lot of it came from just struggle and from really horrible oh, situations that people were looking for an art form to uh, express what they were going yeah. through. So yeah, I understand that. Talk. What I'm talking about is how they like the gang culture has gotten so ingrained into this. Yeah. And disrespecting no gangs or nothing. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's like, but that is the reason that it's like, you know, it's big, but it's still like, you know, it could it could bring it down a little, you know. Did you need a of, gang back in the day? This is the rumor that I always hear too. Another one of these uh, rumors there is that you needed well, some type of gang, gang or entourage to even make it back in the 90s. Is there any truth to that? Uh, everybody had a crew. Everybody, because like, you got to think, right? Your fan base starts in your neighborhood. Right around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No matter where you are. No matter what like, it is yeah. you're doing. So what yeah. is you do? Like, if you're a garage band, your fan base is in your neighborhood. Yep. So it was like, okay, Lost Boys is a crew. We got a crew. Crew. Like our crew was pretty big. You know, we wasn't a gang or nothing like that, but our crew was pretty big. Our family was pretty much the whole neighborhood, you know? So it was like, okay, we go to these places. And, you know, it's not nothing that brings 50, 60, 70 people with us sometimes. I mean, Lost Boys especially, right? It's literally yeah, but I mean, but, but 50, 60 it, it was, But... Like I said, a lot of time, it was just the four of us, though. Mm. Five of us. With Eddie, you know what I mean? Before Eddie went to school. Yeah, I keep saying Eddie Green Eyes, right? Yeah. The fifth lost boy. Because it was five of us. Keep it real. Everybody wow. can say what they want to say, but it was five of us. But Eddie decided to go to school and play basketball down in Atlanta. So that's which what kind of a good move. Mm. Which is kind of a good move. Because when Cheeks went down... Cheeks got plugged in with suit in them, then a lot of other things took place. You know what I mean? Ah, but I see that. But right. yeah, so it I mean it was it was like that. So you know. Wow. See that? Well, if they could find a way to, like you said, disassociate the gang violence with it, but I think it would all work out, man. You just up the security, that's all. Up the security, no, saying, like, metal okay, detectors, we're now, good. Now, now here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Because of your gang affiliation, you can't do a song with another artist. Say you signed oh, to, point. let's say, let's say me and you are signed to the same label, but you on one side, I'm on the other. Yeah. Right. For one, we can't do songs together because, and then you're depriving the fan base as a whole. Oh, I can't do a song with the ops. Yes, yeah, because y'all done spilled so much blood that y'all can't do it. But yet y'all the two hottest artists in the country and y'all can't do a song together. Wow. Where normally it would be something like that happening. You understand? Yeah. Yeah, you don't face that problem in any other genre. Maybe with record labels. Not to my knowledge, but yeah. But wow. think about it. If, if, if you and I own the label, right? Like I said, we own the label. You sign some cat from here and I sign some cat from there. And we, we not street dudes, so we don't know the street politics. 
but we make them the hottest two cats out, but they don't they don't vibe with one another. They can't come up to the label together because they're gonna tear our shit up. Mark yeah, that. Exactly. Sorry. Absolutely right. Wow. But it's, but it's so, tapping though. You know, um, what's his name? What's the kid? Um, what's the kid from Baton Rouge? Not little Boosie, the other little kid, the one that's in trouble. NBA young boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him and one of them other cats is signed to the same label, and they beefing with each other. They was beefing up at the label. Um, I want to say it could be Kodak or one of them other cats. They signed to the same label. So they, you know, they can't be up there. They can't do work together or nothing, which deprives me and you from making more money. Yeah. And us as listeners from hearing some music, we want to hear a collaboration with. That would be dope, you know? And it's like, you know, these are the things. There used to be the labels would get in the way of collaborations. But these yeah. kids are getting in the way of these collaborations themselves now. That's right. the thing that's killing me, man. Gets deep. Lou. But let me get off my uh, soapbox. Let me get off my soapbox. We got to unfortunately wrap things up. But bringing you back has inspired me to keep bringing you back. With a little bit less Mr. Cheeks these days. We need more minute, Lost time, Boys, people that piss. It's over already? It's over already. Right. We've, we've been doing 52 minutes solid, and I've Dang, got another bro. interview waiting. If you want to come with me, you want to no, talk no. about Yankee baseball, do you want to come interview Fox Sports analyst George Radney, Radney with me? I'll send you the link, and we can nah, talk to bro, Yankee. go ahead, man. Peace. Peace to the peace, man. Thank you for having Pre me on. Yo, Louie LBF on Instagram. Follow him everywhere. This is the pretty <laughs> Lou. He's like a, a mythological creature of hip-hop at this point. And we got to hear some real gems here tonight. Follow him on all platforms and get ready for some great video content coming your way at the Ryan Show FM on YouTube. And remember, folks, there is no actual Lost Boys Instagram or anything. No, some it's not. psychopath hey. has created everything, so you need to follow him literally directly at Louie LBF. Louie LBF. That's me, Louis LBF. And man, man, always an honor, my guy. I will call you in the morning. Oh, my guys, all the time. Definitely. Hit me up. Nobody go anywhere. We'll be back to talk some damn Yankees. Go nowhere. This episode of the Ryan Show FM is brought to you by Gruntworks Meat Company, a veteran-owned meat distribution company that is dedicated to providing high-quality meats at affordable prices. At Gruntworks, we believe that those who put themselves on the front lines for our country deserve to be compensated fairly. That's why we offer prices that are competitive, yet still allow us to make a profit. We pass on those savings to veterans and all those who don't get the recognition they deserve. So if you want to support a veteran-owned business and get the best deal on your meat, look no further than Gruntworks Meat Company. We've got you covered from beef and chicken to pork and seafood. Thank you for choosing Gruntworks. Hello folks, if you're anything like me, you're probably not very cultured and when it comes to hanging up art on the wall, you don't know where to begin. Well, look no further. MasachiArt.com has exactly what you're looking for. Jimmy Masachi is one of the few humans on earth that can capture that urban hip-hop energy and turn it into a painting. Take it from me, I have it hanging on the walls in the Hamptons scaring the hell out of people. Don't believe me? Go to MasachiArt.com and right now, enter in a chance to win some free Masachi Art hoodies by going to the Ryan Show Instagram story and at MasachiArt on Instagram for more details. Now let's get back to our regular schedule programming and we are back again out goes pretty lou and in comes one of our favorite voices in sports here on this radio program you hear him all the time not just over on fox sports rochester but right here he's become a regular staple of the ryan show when it comes to sports this is almost like the real deal sports show whenever he's here it becomes the real deal sports show which is what he's best known for up in rochester on the beat radio george radney Sports journalist, football analyst is here again. George, welcome back to the program, my friend. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to come on the Ryan Show. Always enjoy our, our Long Island fans and, and people checking out the show. And 
Hey, we got that big game coming up um, on uh, next Monday night. Looking forward to coming up to the Meadowlands. I'll be up there in the press box covering it, covering Bills versus Jets. Looking forward to my return to the uh, to uh, now. I'm going to say the Big Apple, but really we're out in Jersey, so returning to the Meadowlands. Back to the Meadowlands. It's kind of like the hole where the worm goes in inside of the apple. That's what I like in the Meadowlands too. Right, sort of part of the Big Apple. <laughs> Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Love that stadium. Been there, was there for the Super Bowl when it was there. Beautiful facilities. First class operation there at MetLife Stadium. They do a great job. Doug Wembley, uh, the PR director for the New York Jets and his staff, they do a great job uh, with the hosting the media for all of these uh, big games uh, taking place at, at, the, uh, at MetLife Stadium. I've never been there for the actual media portion of it, and I, I don't want to like burn the bridges. But I've been to both Jets and Giants events behind the scenes. Shouts to Sam Garns. My pal Sam Garns has brought me over there for both Jets and Giants. And it's like night and day. No offense mm-hmm. to the Jets and their fantastic team over there. But the Giants holds it down. Like, like for instance, we're eating hot dogs at the Jets events. We're eating filet mignon at the oh, Giants yeah. event. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. They're, the big, they're the big daddy in town. They, hey, the Jets got to earn their stripes. They haven't been up since the... What, like with Joe Nate? They still talking Joe Willie Namath. So that's when you know you're a bad football team when you're still talking about guys that haven't played in almost 40 years. Well, let's start there, George, because now they finally have an opportunity to be not just, uh, you know, the best team in the AFC East, but maybe win a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is that good. But the question is, is he still that good? What does your gut feeling tell you after watching Hard Knocks, after taking a look at the preseason? Do you think that Aaron Rodgers has a chance at really taking the, by the way, the newly named captain Aaron Rodgers has a chance of taking the Jets to the Super Bowl this year? Oh, anything's possible. I don't think this year. I think if it happens, it would be next year, uh, but not this year. I think it it takes a while. Uh, I think you're going to see it on Monday night. It's a lot of rust because it's not like the old days where the guys played two to three preseason games to get their timing down. You can't get your timing down in practice because there's nothing substitute live game action. But now the owners are paying these players so much money, they're not playing during the preseason. So the first four games of the regular season are really the, really the preseason because you don't you, you start seeing it in week five. You'll start seeing what teams are really all about. And you got to shake that rust off in the first four games. Guys get tired. They have to come out the game because they're not used to playing the entire game. As you as you get into week one and with all the pressure, the atmosphere, the hoopla, it's going to be an interesting atmosphere. Is it too much of a hoopla atmosphere? Will it be too much for the Jets? Because they're the home. Usually the home team is under more pressure than the road team on these big hype nights like this. And especially with high, big expectations that the Jets and even the Jets players are putting on themselves. Yeah, And, you know, not just with this high pressure and high expectation in New York. Um, I, I just feel like, um, look at what Tom Brady did with the Bucks. He was able to go over there and capture a Super Bowl immediately. I mean, is yes. there a chance that if the stars align, like what needs to be done for the Jets to find immediate success and not have to wait another year and worry about that offensive line, which honestly might be the weak point. And that's what, that's what every great team has a great offensive line. I feel like that's the most important part. And nobody's talking about this huge red flag. So besides the offensive line, like what can lead to some immediate success and immediate Super Bowl for the New York Jets? 
running the football, get, establishing the running game with Bryce Hall and Delvin Cook running between the tackles. Those linemen may not be able to pass block well, but they should be able to run block enough. Run the ball up the middle, especially against the Bills with a with a, uh, a linebacker question question mark, a red flag for the Buffalo Bills. Tremaine Edmonds is not in the middle any longer. It'll probably be Terrell Dotson starting on, on Monday night. Run the ball at Terrell Dotson. Run it right at the middle. Run it right up the gut and see if the Bills can handle it. And then go to play action passes and get out quick passes because if he has to go back to pass and and has and, and let the Bills' edge rushers come after him, the Bills are going to get to him, hit him, and probably put him out the game because I noticed the preseason game against the Giants, uh, the Simmons kid, his first game with the Giants, he came in and had a clean shot at uh, – and he um, you could tell he kind of eased up because he didn't want to just put him out the game. And, and, and what's the name? Could, uh, Aaron Rodgers couldn't protect himself. He stumbled, tripped, and then he just underhanded the ball out of bounds instead of just throwing the ball. When that guy broke free, he should have threw the ball into the ground because Tom Brady was the master of getting rid of that ball. He wasn't going to take no unnecessary hits for no that, – that was the best quarterback at not taking hits. He threw that ball yeah. into the ground and go back to the huddle and come back, come back with the next play. Very, very good point. Now, the last time – that a team did good that was featured on Hard Knocks was the Jets. And by good, I mean actually made it to an AFC championship. That was the Jets with Rex Ryan, mm-hmm. back with Mark Sanchez. So yes. do you think that this this could be the, the, the you know, we talk about the Madden curse. This could be the team that breaks that curse. But people are, people are including could. myself, I asked you a question this week on what's going on. I asked you if the Bills are the most overrated team. Maybe it's coming from a place of frustration considering they're supposed to win it all last year. But we forget how good that team really still is. And we got Miami Dolphins looking good. It's not like they're in a weak com- or a weak division here. That's true. It's not it's not a weak division. They have a big advantage on the Bills. Quentin Williams, uh the defensive nose guard for the uh New York Jets. He's going to dominate against Mitch Morris. And then you got the edge rushers uh coming in ransoming those guys. Uh you got you you got a nice defensive front and I think they can put a lot of pressure on the Bills' off newly constructed offensive line, because uh, I, I don't think Mitch Morris can definitely not handle Quentin Williams. It's going to take two guys to try to block that. That that guy is one of the best players in the game, and I, and I, I see the defensive front of the Jets uh, putting their will on the Bills early. The Bills going to have to come with draw plays, quick snaps, get rid of the Josh Allen guy, get rid of the ball quick. Because the defensive front is very strong for the New York Jets, and with Sauce Gardner in the secondary, uh, and C.J. Mosley, he's always been an excellent player. If he stays on the field, C.J. Mosley, uh, the Bills going it's, it's going to be a rough night for the Buffalo Bills. I think it's uh, Quentin uh, Jefferson, another defensive tackle, uh, can play very well. He could, you'll see him playing for the Jets. It's going to be a nice uh, challenge for the Bills' offensive, newly constructed offensive line going up against these. These guys are big. They're huge. They're nasty. I think uh, the Jets got an excellent chance to win this game. But I think the rust on both sides of the ball, on the offensive side of the ball for both teams, is going to keep this game to maybe a lower scoring game than normal. And you're going to be able to – I think the defenses are going to dictate on both sides of the ball. And it's going to be a very tight – it's going to be a tight ball game. I see the Bills coming out of this game with the win solely because – they're able to, they'll be able to execute a little more on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, if, as long as Josh Allen dumps the short passes, gets it to James Cook, gets some screen passes, uh, when they, to alleviate the rush, I see Buffalo being able to win that game, uh, 20 to 17. I have that game going. It's going to be a good one. I think the Jets will be better later in the season 
once they get past that fourth week of the season, once you get to week five and on, you'll see even better New York Jets football team. And that's going to be the team that you read that people are talking about, not the team that you're going to see this coming Monday night. I think you may be right. And I mentioned Tom Brady. I didn't see Tom Brady go to the AFC East. He went to a much easier division, at least in terms of the competition right there. So for Aaron Rodgers to, to force his way to the Jets is a pretty ballsy move. Right. You got to take is, your but, hat for that. Yeah, but who else wanted him? I, I didn't hear a whole lot of teams really wanting him. The Jets came out and said they wanted him, and he's making $50 million a year. So, hey, hey he's going to get his $50 million no matter what. So he said, hey, if I'm going to continue to play and not retire, I might as well go to a team that want me and going to pay me about $50 million. So he's going to get his $50 million bag regardless of wins or losses for the Jets. And why not go to the media capital? And you notice he doesn't change his story. He's not talking that same nonsense he was talking in Green Bay. He's talking more with common sense to the New York media because the New York media will eat him up uh, with, with that with that stuff he was doing in Green Bay. So you're seeing a different Aaron Rodgers, and you're seeing a different uh, style of his demeanor and whole persona because it's the Big Apple. It's the, it's the, it's the media mecca of the world. And he has, and he's stepping his game up, and now he's hoping his offensive line can step their game up, or he better learn how to just put that ball into the turf and, and, and throw it in there and, and just get the ball out of his hands, so he doesn't take any unnecessary hits. So you don't attribute this to darkness therapy. You attribute this to his fear of the New York media. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. He, <laughs> hey, man, you, you, he had to step his game up off the field as well as on the field. You can't come side. He can't come half step into the New York media. They're gonna half step you right out of town. So uh, he's definitely stepping his game up, making the Jets relevant again. Can they be more relevant than the Giants? Hey, we're going to have to see what happens. But Brian Dable has that team going. The big thing is Brian Dable makes sure his players are accountable. Ever since he left Buffalo, Josh Allen hasn't had to be accountable to anybody over there in the Buffalo Bills. We're finding more and more of that out. You got The Bills got to reel him back in. Run the ball, get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Remember, this man had 37 turnovers. He led the league yeah. in turnovers. Everybody's acting like this guy. No, he led the league in turnovers. Get the ball out this man's hands. Run the football. Two tight end sets. Hit some tight ends. Hit guys down the field and make this guy make sure he's watching enough film study. Now we're finding out from different media outlets and things seeping in that he may not be watching as much film as he needs to be watching and being being prepared wow. for these games. Maybe that that was what we're hearing from different outlets about his his uh, his his dispute with uh, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is holding him accountable. So so that's, do you think that he so you think he has a good point here? Because a lot of people are looking at Stefan Diggs like he's crazy. He shouldn't be saying all this publicly. Do you whose side are you on when it comes he's to not saying, he's not saying it publicly? He hasn't said one thing publicly. He's done Wasn't it behind he tweeting? the scenes. He's he's been making sneak sneak disses and sneak jabs on Twitter and I, he's been maybe he hasn't necessarily gone on and voiced it in front of a microphone, but you could see him on the sidelines screaming at Josh Allen, sort of kind of kind of yeah. public. Yeah, because he's holding him accountable for not being prepared. And remember, in the big game, Stefan Diggs disappears in the big game. He doesn't get the ball to him. He doesn't. He got to If Derek Carr can find a way to get the ball to Devontae Adams when they were together with the Raiders for one season. And if Aaron Rodgers could get the ball to Devontae Adams when you knew he was the main receiver, he double covered it. They, they, but they, the Bills, ever since he's been in Buffalo, Josh Allen has not been able to find Stephon Diggs when the game is on the line. 
He has to yeah. go somewhere else with the football. And that's that's a red flag right there. Why can't you find your best receiver when the game's on the line? Not when you're blowing out a team or you're blowing out a lesser uh, competitor, but when you're playing Kansas City or the Dolphins, how come you're not finding Stephon Diggs like you like you should be? You gotta find this man, and that's what he's talking about. You gotta put that ball in that window and be consistent to fit that football into tight windows to get to your star receiver. If Derek Carr can do it, Josh Allen should be able to do it as well. When Brian Dayball was offensive coordinator in Buffalo, was that problem existing? That Diggs wasn't getting the football in these big moments? Were these turnovers happening at that rate? No, 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 no. Because and you remember the year, the year of the 13 second game, which I feel was Josh Allen's best year because the crowds were back that one season. Take that out because you could, they didn't have no crowds that year when he threw all those touchdowns. You could hear the defensive signals. So the offense had a big advantage on the defense that entire season. But, but Brian Dable's last season, when it, when the Bills lost, uh, that 13 second game was his best game. And keep in mind, he was able to, he was taking what the defense gave him. He wasn't just trying to be a mad bomber and throwing the ball deep down the field. That game against Kansas City, against the Minnesota Vikings that they lost in Buffalo. Guy, Devin Singletary, wide open in the flat. Dump the ball to Devin Singletary. You got the first down. Then you got four more downs to move the ball down the field. He just wasn't heady. He got to get smarter in his head, and he got to stay on top of what the situations are and hold and being accountable for if it's third and five, you don't have to throw it 40 yards down the field. Throw it three to four yards and let the guy pick up the first down. Just move the chains so that you can get three to four more downs later. You got to play smart football. Take what the defense gives you. That's what That seemed to be what Brian Dable had instilled in him. But once uh, Dable left, Ken Dorsey, uh, he's, he's, he's very disappointed in me. He's, I'm very disappointed with Dorsey. He, he's, he's acting like that's his best friend instead of him coaching this guy. He needs to be coaching him. He need to hold, he need to put his feet to the fire and say, man, you got to do this in order to win. If not, we'll have to find somebody else. That's what, that's the way the Bills need to be talking to this young man. He's five years. He's almost six years in now. Come on. This, this guy should be in the prime of his career. Uh, he's, he's prime of his career with commercials. But let's get his yeah. prime. Let's get him prime on the field, making the plays on the football field. We got Osiris Torres, rookie offensive guard. This guy's a nasty brawler lineman, number sixty-four. Keep an eye on him. He's gonna be. He's one of the new guys on the line of scrimmage, blocking. This guy can block. Uh, you got Ifiti. You just brought him in. He used to be with the Seattle Seahawks. He'll probably be in there in place of Spencer Brown sometime during the season. Deion Dawkins. You got a good line in front of you. Now run the football, play action pass, take what the defense gives you, and I think the Bills will have a very good season. It's up to Josh Allen to get back to the Josh Allen of a couple years ago when he was under the tutelage of, of uh, Brian Dable. Now, now's a perfect time to make that transition to the uh, third, or as I like to call them, the first team of New York, the New York Giants. We saw what Brian Dable did with the Giants last year. I didn't think there was any hope for us to be nearly that good completely transformed the team it's very premature he's only been head coach for a year but we look at these power rankings for teams where do you place brian dayball in terms of power rankings between coaches in the national football league where do you rank him at this point i i think he showed already to me he showed last year he's better than uh sean mcdermott as a head coach because wow. simply because he knows how to use his personnel effectively, and he knows how to put him in position to win. When McDermott seems to have trouble with 
with with getting he seems like he doesn't have anything to do with the offense and tell the offense coordinator hey should we should run the ball here we should do this you, he, he just seems to let the offense fly where Dable is the offensive guy but he still seems like he has a little input input on the defensive side say hey no let's yeah let's let's stop him here that's a good scheme or he, or he goes he goes for it at the right time uh Brian Dable has a good feel of the game the good feel of of, of situational football uh, so that puts him ahead of Sean McDermott because Sean McDermott is horrible when it comes to situational football. When to yeah, make decisions, definitely. when to go for it on fourth down, when to punt, when to do an onside kick, when to do the situation. That's why I'm really, I'm, it's gonna, I'm gonna ask him a few questions. I'm gonna be out there on Wednesday. I'm gonna ask him a couple questions because I'm wondering how can you be the head coach and also the defensive coordinator when you you're not really doing the head coaching job that well? How do you think you can do both? So I'm gonna ask him that on Wednesday. How you know? How when the game gets tight and it's into and it becomes situational football, how are you going to move yourself from being the defensive coordinator to maybe something on the offense is going on? How are you going to are you going to be able to interject yourself into the offensive side and say, "Hey, I think we should go for this," or "I think we should no," I think we should run the ball or change the play call? Or it's going to be interesting. I hope I get a chance to ask him that on uh, later this week. How often does that happen that the head coach also takes over as defensive coordinator? Rare. I don't really, it's very rare, right? I, I it's, can't even. It's very rare. I can't recall yeah. nobody naming that. I, I, I'm like you. I was, I was looking it up, and I didn't see, I didn't see a head coach being the offense or defensive coordinator and the head coach at the same time. If, if it was, they may have did it for a game because the guy was sick or something happened, and the, they may have did it for a game or two. But they, they didn't assign him that for the whole season. That's why this is very. It's like McDermott. It's like trying to just go all out to win and thinking uh he can be the he can be the head chef and bottle washer as well. Uh yeah it's man you gotta, it's like you can't play first base and second base at the same time. It just seems like a red flag to me. Right. And, and and if it's something to come down and you need to measure for uh, to see if they got received the first or throw the red flag. It, it's so many nuances to the game now yeah. that the head coach has to be focused on a lot of different things and be listening to what the people upstairs in the in, in the coach's box is telling them, say, hey, throw the red flag. I don't, we don't think that's right, uh, whatever the case may be. And, it, you know, it's so many more nuances than what, the way it used to be back in the day uh, for head coaches. And you want to be the head coach and the the, the defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't name a defensive coordinator, but also be able to put your input in more and more. Because coaches usually, with the last two minutes of the game, the head coaches do interject themselves. That's when you see the head coaches really – interject themselves into the game in that fourth quarter or before halftime. They're trying to make a decision on should we kick a field goal? Should we try to run the ball out, run the time down, then kick the winning field goal or go into the locker room uh, uh, kicking this field goal or what should we punt the ball back or what? You know, it's a lot of nuances to the game at, at certain points. And we call it situational football. What, what has Sean McDermott learned? That's what we're going we're gonna to see not to, real soon. What has he learned yeah. about situational football? Because he's been horrible at it uh, ever since he's been the Bills head coach. He's just not a good situational football coach. So I, I to, you know, circle everything around. I do think, hey, first off, that Dayball is a top five coach in the National Football League right now. Even though he's only coached one year, I still have faith in the Giants ascending further. Do you think there's a chance that Leslie Frazier will come back as defensive coordinator? Do you think maybe they left the door open in case he decides to return? To the team, I think he'd be closer to going to the Giants than with the with the Bills. Imagine I don't. I, that. I think that I think that train is left. 
I think he might even end up with the Giants sometime down the road uh, because I think he, he's done the best he could. And you go back to that 13-second game, McDermott tried, took over the play calling in the last 13 seconds of that game. And I think it's still – you're still seeing spillover from that 13-second loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round from a couple yeah. years ago. Uh, you, you still – because football is an emotional game – and when you lose in a game in such an emotional fashion where you took the lead, your quarterback played the best game he ever played in your uniform, uh, hitting Gabe Davis had four touchdowns in that game because the Honey Badger went out in the second quarter uh, with, with, a, with an injury and didn't return, and the middle of the field was wide open. Uh, the Bills took advantage of it finally late in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter and should have came out of Kansas City with that playoff win. Uh, and, and I think that that's it's still spilling over. McDermott and Leslie Frazier, I think, didn't see eye to eye after that game because you should you should let Leslie Frazier make the calls and make the final 13-second calls and, and make sure the defense was in the right defense. The defense ended up being half of them in Leslie Frazier's defense and the other half was playing uh, Sean McDermott's defense. I mean, how do you do that in a professional football game with 13 seconds left in the game? You do that, you saw what happened. Uh, quarterback Patrick Mahomes just did a screen pass moved it down in the field goal range, kicked, kicked the time field goal to take it into overtime. I, I think you're still seeing the ramifications of that loss, and I think that's why uh, uh, Sean McDermott is trying to save face by trying to now want to call defense and be the head coach. I think that still has something to do with that 13-second loss from a couple years ago. Wow. Very, very good point. So when it comes to these Giants, we had the bar set low last year. They over-exceeded expectations. Would you say that we can take a deep breath and look forward to this New York Giants season this year. Where do we go from here, George? What do you predict the Giants are going to do? Not in terms of a record, but do you see them maybe improving over their, you know, pretty good season that they had last year? Oh, you're improving. You, you're improving. You're going to improve again. Uh, Joe Shane, the, uh, the uh, general manager, has done an excellent job of, of drafting. And also what he's done is, because he was the right-hand man of Brandon Bean, he's still, he's still cherry-picking Buffalo Bills players. He picked up Boogie Basham, who's another good player. Uh, Boogie Basham going to fit right in with that defensive unit. Uh, he either was going to take Boogie Basham or A.J. Espinosa, but he took Boogie because Boogie has two years left on his contract. So even if Boogie Basham has a, good, a great year this season, he still doesn't have to pay him any more money. He'll keep him at the same contract for, for next season as well. Where A.J., this is the final year of his contract. If he had a good season this year with the Giants, then they would have had to uh, they would have had to pay. He would have had to get a pay raise or move to another team. So he knows how to pick up. He picked up the wide receiver from the Bills. Uh, last year, that wide receiver had a great season for the Giants. Uh, you still got Ray Ray. You got McLeod on defense. When you get good players in your system, it's all about getting good players. They've been drafting well, and he's cherry-picking his former employer, the Buffalo Bills, and getting some very quality players over there. So that's why I've said the Giants are going to be a much – they're going to continue to improve because they continue to improve with their personnel. How big of an addition is Darren Waller to the New York Giants this year? Big addition. I like Darren Waller. The only problem is he just can't stay on the field. If yeah. you could get 10 to 12, if you can get double-digit games out of him, God bless you, because I don't think he's played 10 or 12 games in the last three or four years. He's he's a big, muscular guy. He's a little too muscular for the NFL game. That's why you're always having uh, calf and uh, tissue, tish, soft tissue-type injuries, because he's yeah. just too built. He's too built. And then he's taking a pound in his shoulders. Uh, he's, he's, he's a good addition. But he, the key is, 
can he stay on the field? Can he stay on the field at least 10 to, to 14 games to help that team out? Uh, it's, it's a good, hey, it's, it's, you're rolling the dice with him. He's a, I'd, rather, I'd rather have him than not because if he's yeah. out a couple games, hopefully he can come back. And, and you know you're getting uh, caught. You're going to have to double team him in the second. The defense is going to have to uh, watch out for him. So, yeah, that's a very good move by the Giants, bringing Waller in. Is it safe to say that New York football between the Bills, Jets, and Giants is in a better place than it's ever been, ever, in the history of New York football? Think about all the different eras of New York football. It looks like every one of these teams could make the playoffs. Yeah, it, it could it could be, but I'm thinking of the Parcells era. Parcells had a great personnel and players, and they were in, they were repeatedly in the playoffs and, and fighting for a Super Bowl for for several years under under Bill Parcell. That era I thought was the best. But oh, the, the Jets best were era. lousy. The Jets were horrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, every single were. team in New York is actually good right now. I don't know if we've that's, ever that, seen this before. That's a good point. That's a good point. You might be onto something there, Ryan. All your teams are good. Uh, I think the I think they, the Giants made a good move. Joe Shane, he's really learning the game. He just restructured uh, Daniel Jones, your quarterback's uh, contract. Uh, so they they took his some of his it took his salary for this season, turned it into bonus money. So he gets his money ahead of time. He got a bonus already, and what that does is open the cap up six point three million on the cap. So they can bring in some, they can see what their needs are, and they can go out and bring in a veteran player to fill that need with that six point three million. Maybe bring in two or three guys under the, with that six point three million, depending on the quality of player that they get. So Jim, you got a great when you got a good general manager that knows what he's doing and knows how to work the cap. That that and you got a good head coach too, uh, Brian Dable. He knows what he's doing. You got a good defense coordinator. You got you get yeah. You 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 putting your place in position to win. In position to win. The Jets. I don't know. You. I think you're only gonna have two years with Rodgers, and you better hope Zach Wilson or somebody else is ready to go after after the next two seasons. Because I I don't think he's gonna be able to make it past two years uh, playing for the New York Football Jets. The I New do York think. Jets that Zach Wilson will be in a way better position than he was. But New York football fans rejoice. Good football is coming to your television screen or your Apple device, wherever you choose to watch it. We're going to be coming back very soon to talk about the Baby Bombers 2.0 that are leaving Blue Jays fans trembling and Astros fans too. We got George Rodney in studio. Real Deal Sports Show meets The Ryan Show here tonight on The Ryan Show FM. Nobody go anywhere. We've got more sports coming your way.
in congressional reports and hearings that state that aliens are here in the United States of America, Houston, we have a problem. The Martian has landed in Houston, <laughs> and the man has dominated Justin Verlander. Could there be a better start to your Yankee career than homering off the biggest Yankees villain that we've seen in the past 20 years? My God, did that feel good to see Jason Dominguez come in and nail that home run opposite field, mind you. Everybody says, oh, the right field wall is just so short. Nails it opposite field. Just love it, man. It's so good to see these baby bombers come up. It was a, it was hell on earth for us Yankees fans this year, George. I almost knew yeah. it was like to be a Blue Jays fan. No offense. I guess the Blue Jays aren't as bad as the Mets and some other teams out there. But for what it's worth, the Yankees are back. We got Pereira. We've got Austin Wells with that powerful mustache. These Bronx yes. baby bombers are looking good. What are your thoughts on these new Yankees? Is it a chance that Cashman keeps, keeps his job and Boone keeps his job after what we're seeing? With this New York Yankees organization, well, it shows you a reason why another reason why Cashman should have been fired because you have so much talent in your farm system. He's relying on he's pay, overpaying broke down players like uh, Stanton who who hasn't who's been there three four years. You overpaid them from to get him from the Miami Marlins. He hasn't done much of anything to lead you close to a championship. When you play against good teams, he he strikes out. When he plays against bad teams, he'll hit home runs. The key is most of the teams that are doing well in Major League Baseball, they're using young talent. They're using their farm system. You, the Yankees, I think Aaron Judge is the only guy that was up there last year that they that the Yankees actually built from their farm system. Everybody Glaber else is Torres, too. We, we do have Glaber Torres, Torres also. Yes, Torres. But most of your guys come through trades, and you, that's not how you do it. That's not how you become. You got to be like the Tampa Bay Rays. You got to yeah. build with them. And this just shows you the kind of talent that the Yankees had down in, in, in AAA. And these guys should have been up. They should have started the season with the Yankees. And you should have got rid of uh, uh, Stanton, uh, the high-priced Stanton, Josh Donaldson. You, you're, paying, you're paying guys that way over the hill big-time money where you didn't have yeah. to pay hardly any money at all to these young guys. Bring them up from your farm system. Let them develop. You must develop your teams. And you know it's the teams that are winning, like the Atlanta Braves, Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Atlanta Braves. All of those teams, those guys are developed through their farm system. They develop yeah. through their farm system. Then you bring them up. Then you connect them with it. Then you may bring in a veteran guy to help out uh, them. But you don't overpay and bring in a, a Stanton and guys like that that are just almost pretty over the hill, especially Josh Donaldson. He was over the hill when you got him. You were lucky to get one or two years out of him. And then now this year, you didn't get hardly anything. You had to put him on the 60-day DL and all that. Go with the youngsters. The Yankees go continue to go with young guys. This is their future. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of good pitchers. Uh, they, they're doing very well with that young talent. It just shows you that Cashman should have been fired because if you didn't know you had that, how you how come you didn't know you had all this talent down in your farm system? Volpe. I mean, Volpe, for, for what I mean, it's worth. In his defense, there, there are some talented players in the farm system and some pitchers, some yeah. homegrown Yankee pitchers over the years, and then they get rid of them. Like uh, Jordan Montgomery. Like, I don't know, Michael King, I believe, came up with the Miami Marlins, but he's always been a Yankee since at least he's been in Major League Baseball. So there's some guys that, look, Cashman has made some moves. And if you remember, when Cashman came in, he didn't build that team in the 90s. No. No, he didn't. Uh, it no, was uh, who was the it, before Brian Cashman? Uh, uh Torres wasn't it? Uh, uh, Joe Torrey, he was the manager. He, Joe Torrey he was, was the, the manager. manager. Bob Watson, Bob Watson, Bob was Watson, those guys, and Bob not Watson brought in uh, 
brought in Tino Martinez. Bob Watson brought in uh, brought in Paul O'Neill. Some guys, yeah. that, and then and then developed that farm system, which went on to to have guys like Posada, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit. So it yeah. wasn't Cashman that built this team. This to me is the last hurrah. Them those young kids up there. I feel like Hal actually has Cashman on the burner right now. And this is like, all right, show us all the cards that you have in the deck. Put Pereira out there. Put Peraza mm -hmm. out there. And if mm -hmm. these guys don't do well, it shows that you have completely failed your job as general manager right. of the New York Yankees. For what it's worth, I think that this is the last chance to save his job. And that's why he brought these young guys up. Because maybe Hal does have his father in him. And he is going to fire him if these if these young guys don't succeed. But from what we've seen, they just swept the Houston Astros in yeah. Houston. And, and these are games that matter. You know, the old saying in baseball is you cannot trust what happens in April and in September. But when you're playing the Houston Astros and they're vying for first place in their division, those games count. So what we saw was a good litmus test for these young kids. Out good Houston. pitching. And it's something about playing in Houston. Houston has a lot of trouble at home because they were swept before they went on the road trip by the Seattle Mariners. They were swept by them, too. Uh, I don't know. It's something about at home. They get a little uh, trouble with their hitting. But like you said, the Yankees, the uh, San Diego Padres, and the New York Mets, those three teams went for the for the glitz and the glamour, paid overpaid for every player they brought in there, and and all of them are un, all three of those teams are underperforming and not going to make the playoffs. And the Padres, that they, they should be all that talent the Padres have on that team. It's a shame that they're under uh, under uh, achieving as a team there in San Diego. And I would I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would gut that team in San Diego, get rid of several of those guys. Uh, I would I would keep I would keep the young guy to. to Tejates, Titus, I would keep him, but Juan Soto and a couple of those other guys, Machado, man, it's time, it's time to move on from some of those guys. Trade them to somewhere else, get some young talent, bring young talent guys in to blend with the Juan Sotos and guys who are playing well. And the Mets, you see, they they just totally gutted their team uh, with because with all those old guys, they're a bunch of old guys. They just couldn't get the job that they over the they over their uh, over the over their uh, over the hill game. Scherzer went to uh, Texas. He's doing. He can go five to six innings, but Texas they play for him. They play for Bellinger. They play uh, for my my favorite guy, Marcus Simeon. But they didn't get no pitching. They don't have no relief. They go to the bullpen and get blown out almost. Now they get blown out almost every other game. The Astros today came and blew them out. Thirteen. It was four, four nothing. The Astros came and tied it up at four four. Then it was five five. Next thing you know, it's thirteen five. How did how wow. get to be man? Texas don't have no bullpen. Yeah, so you pay all that money into one into certain guys. You gotta spread that money around and find you some pitching, find you some bullpen help, yeah. some relief help. Because the Texas Rangers, once they go to the bullpen, the game's over. Especially with Aroldis Chapman out there blowing games. Yeah, yeah, with him, and he's almost he's almost over the hill too. I mean, his best games were with the Yankees and Cincinnati Reds. Arguably, with the Reds. I would I yeah. wouldn't even say his best games with the Yankees. His worst games with the Yankees. Yeah, Cincinnati like, Reds was really his. His best games, and now he's still pitching. He's down there in Texas blowing, uh, blowing Cubs, saves. For what it's worth, he, he did help win the Cubs a World Series. That was definitely – Yes. That was a feather in the cap. But, yeah, absolutely. Made you some very, very good guys, plays there. You can't bring guys in for what they've done in the past. You bring the guys in for what they can do in the future, and that's the problem with the Padres, Mets, and Yankees. That's what their, that's what their philosophy was by their general managers. And that's why you see those three teams with the highest payroll in baseball and none of them even sniffing the playoffs. And when you look, you made a really good point earlier in this conversation. 
Young, fast players seem to be the future of Major League Baseball. Not these slow, clunky dudes like John Carlos Stanton. All these successes, like the Diamondbacks. Corbin Carroll's changed that whole team. Yeah. And some of these young kids are, are just that good. So, yeah, Cincinnati has a bunch of young kids. They're going to be Cincinnati. They, they, once they get a little maturity under their belt, watch out for the Cincinnati Reds. They're going to be they're going to be a challenge in the next couple of seasons. So I guess we'll see what happens. What are your first thoughts on Jason Dominguez? Do you feel like he has real potential to be the next great Yankee? He's homered twice now, and those last two games, two very important home runs to kind of set the pace of things. What are your thoughts overall just watching him, you know, the eye test? What does that tell you about Jason oh, Dominguez? Oh, he has potential. He has a lot of good potential. But once you get film on him, keep in mind, these teams don't have film on him. They don't know what he yeah. what he can hit, what he can't hit. Now they're seeing up front what he can hit, and he's showing you he can hit. So you're going to have to look at film, see what he can hit, come with different pitches to see what he has trouble with. And that's when the, that's the key. If he can hit the, 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 the pitches – that he has trouble with. If he can hit the sinker, the curve, he can tell all these guys can hit the fastball. But if he can yeah. hit some of these other pitches, the slider, the curve, and all of that, then that guy's a top hitter. So the, the, uh, he has the potential to be the next superstar for the Yankees. But we got to see. Uh, only time will tell. I will say this, too, to close out our uh, our segment here. Some final thoughts. Anthony Volpe has really turned it around. I know there's some very frustrating moments, but he was just mm -hmm. a kid. Very, very young at the beginning. He could be the gold glove shortstop this year in American League Baseball. He's just Easily. so fun to watch, man. He's so good, man. I, I, and he's really turned around. He just hits in clutch times. And that, to me, was what defined the 1990s Yankees. It wasn't just all those World Series. It was clutch baseball. These guys were hitting home runs when it mattered. When a lot of people kind of fizzle out, they were stepping up their game. So is there a secret that you've seen in all your years of watching sports to performing well in the clutch, or is that just something that's in these guys' DNA or not in their DNA? Oh, it's in their DNA. It's something that you've seen at the scout scene to say, hey, we need to draft this guy. We need to bring him on to our affiliation. We can work with him, train him our way, and this guy will get better. And you can see that with Volpe. And you can see Gleyber Torres. He still makes uncanny errors, throwing errors. Oh, it's but horrible. the guy can the guy can make the difference up with the bat. He can, the guy can hit, and now he's somebody that can hit almost everything. It's just, he, he's streaky. When he gets on that streak of hitting, the guy he's almost, he's almost unstoppable. He, he, so you, you guys got the talent. Volpe's excellent with the glove. You, you, so you, you, the Yankees are surrounding themselves with some very good young talent, and the future bodes well for them. They just got to get rid of these overpriced old guys off their team and make it a, a completely young squad. Teams that like the Blue Jays bringing in some young guys playing together and let them grow together. Baltimore is a perfect example. The last four draft picks all played together in triple A, double A ball together. And now they playing together on the uh, Baltimore Orioles. And all four of those guys are having great seasons for the Orioles. I'm glad, happy the Orioles are back having a really good season because they can, they can play ball. But if Batista can't come back, that fine closer there's, I don't think Cano can be the, the, the closer for the, he can continue. He, I don't think he's a closer as of yet. Cano, but if Batista no. can't come back, the Orioles are going to be in trouble uh, when you get to the playoffs. Right now, they're fine for the regular season. But when you get into those one game on, when you got to have that win, you need that closer that can sh a shut down closer. And that's what Batista is. They just brought, what's his name back? Um, Lopez? The, the guy that was their old closer before Batista. Um, they just re-signed him. He was on the Marlins earlier this year. I'm having a mental block. But yeah, the oh, Orioles uh, are looking... 
Yeah, yeah, because see, for them to bring him back, that lets you know that's that's a more that's a really serious injury to Batista's arm. He yeah, might even yeah, need exactly. Tommy. He might need to even need Tommy John surgery because you're not hearing about day to day. They were saying day to day. Now it's week to week because he's been out for over a week now. And when he hurt, he kind of slipped off the mound. He kind of slipped. I thought he hurt his knee or something, his leg or something. Or but they said it. But he. For them to come right out, and then he left. He walked right off the field with the trainers. That let you know it's something serious. He might have heard something pop in that arm, and he might need Tommy John surgery or something because it's his arm, and that's that. You don't want to hear that this time of season because this guy they're going to miss him. If Batiste can't come back, the, the, the Orioles are, are in serious trouble for the playoffs. But they got hey, they can definitely outscore a lot of teams right now. But when it comes down to those one run games, that's when they're going to need their closer. That's for sure. George, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy night watching football and analyzing all these wonderful sports for you to join us here on The Ryan Show. If you could, please let us know. Where can we find The Real Deal Sports Show? Where can they tune into your show so they can listen w- to you live? You can listen to us live on WLGZ HD2, The Beat 105.5, Rochester, New York, or go to YouTube, Real Deal Sports Show. You can still, we're on every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. live. Coming through your speakers live from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every Saturday morning uh, on 105 The Beat out of Rochester, New York. Or check us out on YouTube, uh, Real Deal Sports Show. Subscribe, uh, like us. It doesn't cost you a thing. It means it means an awful lot to us if you just subscribe and, and click and you'll receive those notifications of when the show is airing. And you'll be able to catch the new shows. Or you can even go there and catch some of our shorts or some of our regular full-length shows as well, uh, our weekly full-length shows, or our shorts that we have uh, on each week as well. So check uh, check us out, or realdealsportshow.com. Go to our page. If you want to win a lot of money, check our gambling page out. And up this Thursday, we'll have the we'll have our top picks for the upcoming uh, uh, Sunday games. Uh, check, us, check us out. Take the over on Thursday night. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, uh, Chris Jones is not in, in the lineup for the, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they know they need him, so that means golf is going to have time to throw, and he's, uh, he should be able to pick them apart. And Mahomes is going to have to do a little a little extra work to uh, get those touchdowns. And, and, and the Kansas City should win the game, and I think it should be a high-scoring game that will cover the over. I think it will, too. Everybody, let's go make some money. RealDealSportsShow.com. Don't go nowhere. The other host of this show, Hamptons Dave, that's right. The uh, mysterious Hamptons Dave is making his return. George Randy's on his way out. Dave's on his way in. You shouldn't go anywhere. The Ryan Show FM will return shortly. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Yes, baby. How sweet it is to be loved by you. Ooh, baby. I needed the shelter of someone's arms and there you were I needed someone to understand my ups and downs and there you were with sweet love and devotion deeply touching my emotions I want to stop and thank you baby
show fm makes his return no not me and not mr cheeks the one and only the socialite hamptons dave is back in full force beard and all and he's in the hamptons right now welcome back my brother good to see you man i'm out here hamptons dave in the building what up everybody it's good to be back it's been a while dave i was looking at the calendar and it's been eight years that we've been doing this together when we started this show together I want to say it was 2015, the very end of 2015, the tail end. So I'm a little bit premature here, but dude, it's been a hell of a run. Who would have thought eight years later and we're still at it? My God. I was talking to somebody about the live show run we had and like how crazy it was. You know, we started this. I was talking to somebody, actually, I walked by Yamaku today and I where we started it and we started doing the shows there and it's just like where we are now it's like the same spot no <laughs> yeah, literally your parents basement actually we've kind of reverted back a little i'm literally bit. in i'm right where we had the ricky master insane and well the difference now is that we actually have listeners and most important we're on all these radio stations so who would have thought not a lot How of people know that? we brought like a 60 year old lady to my parents house Us, and my god she was something else she was on God knows what. Okay. I wish we were on what she was on back then. She was bringing these odd essential oils for us to smell. Some type of a Reiki master. With our old friend Nick, who was co-hosting the yep. show before Mr. Cheeks. We replaced our friend Nick with Mr. Cheeks, essentially. That's kind of how it worked. In a nutshell. But yeah, not a lot of people know. They see the flyers. They see you. They see Mr. Cheeks. They see me. They don't know about the rich history that led us to this point. And it was a lot of basement podcasts. A lot of... Uh, debauchery at the local uh, the podcast. when we first started we used to do a monday night wednesday morning that wednesday morning used to be great yeah man early morning wednesday and to think that that's the whole thing people you know I, it's kind of funny i've been reminiscing about it because i recently got interviewed on the oven podcast shouts to the oven podcast and they're asking me about the starts and origins of the show and essentially it was us trying to do something besides wait tables and be in the restaurant business both of us were working across the street from one another. Myself at Yamaku, you were working at World Pie, RIP, shouts to World Pie. And yeah, it was just, it was all meant to be. We had been on the baseball diamond in Little League, talking smack to each other in high school, in classes, torturing teachers. And we took that chemistry and brought it onto, uh, which was nobody even really knew what a podcast was at the time. No one was thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, you know who I was talking to today? Shout out to our Marco? old. Our old, uh, no, Rocco doesn't talk to me, which is good. I don't want to talk to him. You, Rocco. Uh, George from Old Stove. Oh, wow. Shouts to George. He was great. Stopped. I saw him, and um, we were talking about the nice night with Capone. Yeah. At Old Stove. Eventful. I was thinking about it. You know, Plaxico Burris was in the building that night. I had no idea. Yeah. 
Too funny. Yeah, there were a lot of legends that we didn't even realize showed up to the live shows that we pulled off. Apparently, Nipsey Hussle was at one of our shows no. in New York. I don't know if that's fake news. Is that fake news? It's got to be fake gotta, news. We would have noticed that, right? Definitely would have known that. At that time, he was he was big enough that he's not just going to roll in and no one's going to know who he is. Yeah, I don't understand why that rumor was that. But it, I mean, for years, I had people that still DM me. They're like, oh, I was there the night Nipsey Hussle was there. I just kind of go like, oh, okay. I don't know. But it was all they might blur. not know who Nipsey Hussle is. Yeah. It was definitely a blur. Like, so once again, I remember like Big Body Best was in there one time chilling. Was he? Yeah. See, you just never know. And, and that's the thing. People don't realize, once again, the rich history of what brought us to this point, especially now that we have some more people listening from YouTube. Our podcast is at an all-time high. Everybody that's actually listening to the show, thank you. Thank you for spreading the show. I guess people are finally starting to share it. But I guess that's what it comes down to, dude. It was a long run to get where we are right now. And it was, we essentially partied our way here, right? Before, you know, there was yeah. the, the podcast at Yamaku. And then we brought it to a live performance at Tavern Lounge in Queens until a man was taken from us way yeah. too soon. Shouts to Hollywood player. I leave that out. I always say COVID hit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and then we went to Boston. I always say God handled everything. And it wasn't in that sense, but yeah. we, we got brought up to FM radio the same week of that horrible trip. Yep. It did not happen on our show for the record. It happened at the venue a few days. We were supposed to go that night though. Yeah. Oh, it was just a wild thing to wake up to. Cause I was going to have that citizen app for some reason. Citizen was trending at the time. I had that app citizen and I saw the alert come up from Tavern Lounge and was like, that's not good. Crazy stuff. It's not good. Peace, Crazy stuff. RP Hollywood play. It's been a He showed us mad love. You said what? He showed us mad love. He showed us mad love. He showed up to every one of the shows. Yeah. He was good. He always showed up. He was a good guy. So, dude, it's been a it's been a hell of a year. And this is like kind of the outro, but we just had to like, you know, kind of recap all that's gone down. And to see where Hampton's Dave has gone as a brand, we've even got some guy trying to impersonate you. That's how popular the name Hampton's Dave has become, that there's wannabe Hampton's Daves out there. Fraudulent real estate. I like it until he put the real Hampton's Dave. He put the real Hampton's Dave? I think so. I think he's the real Hampton's Dave on TikTok, maybe. That's crazy. I commented on every one of his videos, the clown face or saying corny. Did he block you? He blocked me. I don't think he, he might have blocked me now. I I don't really look into it. Yeah, I put a clown emoji on his uh, on his comments as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, dude, we put a lot of work into that SEO. Just because you're some fraudulent real estate guy from Up Island, not even from the Hamptons. This guy ain't even from the Hamptons. He's called Hampton Safe Dog. Your number starts with five one six. You ain't from the Hamptons. I, I put a lot of work in to be Hamptons, Dave. Do you know what you've put into your body? The chemicals that have run through your brain. What, today? <laughs> Since this show started? <laughs> this evening? Yeah. Shout out to one of the wildest nights I saw MC White. MC White Owl. He's a gem. White, what, what, he's got a new album. He sent me his album, actually. He's got track, He's got a bunch of our friends on it. But that night at Tavern was the wildest night. Insane. Ever. Yeah, that was one of the good ones, man. And he left uh, like a lunchbox full of, yeah, a bag full of God knows what was in it. But we did it. That was before I had kids. So I'll do whatever I wanted back then. My God. But yeah, 
to kind of circle things around, Hamptons Dave, we are coming for you. Not you, Hamptons Dave, but this fake Hamptons Dave or the real the Hamptons, other Hamptons Dave, Dave with all your BS real estate. He doesn't even sell good real estate. Complete no. fraudster. Now, if you're a listener of this show, do us a favor and leave some clown emojis. Let's hop up this algorithm a little bit. Bye. Yeah, if you see Hamptons Dave on the gram or anything, not me. Give me a heart emoji or give me your girlfriend's number. Let me talk to her. She'll like me. But if you see the other guy, give him a clown emoji. Go on his TikToks. Send him pics. Anything. Yep. Send him just horrible pictures. Like that's what I do. Like like just this weekend actually, I got added into a group text from some dude. Actually, yo, you might remember him. Do you remember some random dude, Chris Eureka or something like that? What some some cornball that Lorena shouts to Lorena Sria brought to the show way back in the day. And he, he was like a, a classically trained musician that played piano. He transitioned to a woman yeah. since he's been on the show. Great for him. No knock on any of that. But he put me in a group chat. You like, love that. You know I love all that stuff. I'm all about that craziness. So he puts me in a group chat with 30 other people. And you know what I responded? The picture of Wood, the porn star. <laughs> I put a link in there that said, COVID's back, alert, PBS. COVID's back. It kills you on site. So that all the people clicked it. It was just a picture of Wood. Our favorite porn star. Is that the guy? I think that's his name. Somebody is, told me his name wasn't Wood, but I'm going with it. That's the guy sitting the big, down. Yeah, the, the big black guy sitting down. Looks like he's got yeah. like a log of wood hanging from in between his legs. That was classic. Classic. That was a classic. Anytime any teacher left a projector or a computer open with a, with the projector, somebody would put that or the lemon party on every time. Lemon party was a great website to horrify the teachers. Yeah. And then Goatsy. <laughs> Goatsy was doing Goatsy. It, like I remember one time I put Goatsy on Mr. K's computer. Shouts to Mr. K, and it blew his mind so much he couldn't even process what it was. He said in the principal's office when I got called down to explain myself because I denied it. The whole class, nobody ratted me out. One of the few instances that I wasn't ratted out in Pearson High School. So they brought me down to the office, and Mr. Nichols pulled the website up, and according to what Mr. K said. It was a hand shaving a woman's private parts. That's how his brain just short circuited. What it was was a man pulling his butthole apart, fully erect. <laughs> and it was it was a horrible sight for the eyes. And literally, Mr. Nichols pulls it up on the screen, and I'll never forget his face. It was the same face that Mr. K made. Gotta love the internet, man. Those early days of the internet, like you said, Lemon Party. Just some gems out there, man. My God. Oh, it was the best. And speaking of some more viral content, before we wrap things up tonight, I don't know if you saw the DeAndre Ayton porn star video. My God. Oh, you were telling me about it to see it yet. I got to see that. It's just getting good, man. Our NBA stars, it's a different era. I mean, imagine if there was OnlyFans and these type of thoughts back in the days of Jordan in the 90s. I'm sure we'd see a lot of similar situations. Well, it just, there, were, there were better ways to uh, quiet them. There are more ways to keep them quiet back then. You cannot silence them. But DeAndre Aiden's in the background smiling. Hush money, you know, like yeah, a lot of hush money. Shaq, Shaq paid a lot of money in hush money, you know, paid a lot out in hush money. You got to try to save that marriage. It's a predicament. Sometimes it's cheaper to keep it. It's what they say. Yeah, <laughs> leave your Shaquille O'Neal. But have this day, man. It's so good to have you back. And yo, I'm holding you to it, dude. We're doing the show next week. I don't care if it's Tuesday. You're gonna be here. And I'll book guests around your damn Happy schedule. Tuesday, you know, we got, we got a big game Monday. So first off, before we wrap this up really quick, 
what do you think is going to happen with the New York Jets? Do you think they're actually going to take it all this year? Are you sipping the sauce yet or what? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to take it all. I got to see. I was at the last preseason game, Jets Giants, and I saw Rodgers throw that one to Garrett Wilson, and I think that's going to be a lot. I think that yeah. Garrett Wilson's about to become like maybe top wide receiver in the league. I mean, he I was arguably last year without a quarterback, and he had like he had like me throwing to yeah. him. Now this year. I don't know. I've been watching Hard Knocks. You know, I'm a huge Jets fan, so I'm always happy until, like, week three every season. But this is a different um, team. It's looking like, yeah. on paper, it's like an all-star team. There are a lot of guys over there, offensively and Cook. It's looking good. Now they're talking about maybe getting Devontae Adams in the trade deadline or Mike Evans. Yeah, Mike Evans or, is what I heard. I also heard Aaron Donald. Wow. I didn't hear that. Because LA, LA is going to flop this year, and they're paying him a lot. Jets are going to have like $70 million open up next year for Rodgers gave back like $35 million, Wow. You know, in his contract when he reconstructed his contract. I don't know. I'm just happy. I'm happy with this team. I've never gone into a season this happy. Even like when we went back to back in 09 and 2010, it was still Mark Sanchez was the quarterback. Yeah, so it was exactly. like, how far are we going to go? The defense was top defense, but now we have an absurd defense. Maybe the best defensive line in the league with – Aaron Rodgers, it's just a matter of the offensive line holds holds their part. You see, Deion Sanders doesn't name a team captain. He's got leaders yeah. and dogs. Leaders and dogs. Do you think it was premature to name Aaron Rodgers captain of the New York Jets? No, he is the actual captain. Like, if you watch Hard Knocks and you watch the way he, he's like a coach out there. Yeah. He's, he's not only a seasoned vet, he's smart. Like, the way you just listen to him talk, it's different. Like, the way he communicates with the players the way he talks to the players the the respect that he garners just yeah. being Aaron Rodgers and can back it up is, he's definitely the captain do you see this Him being a true comeback year for Aaron Rodgers because that offensive line does look kind of weak let's be honest that's the red flag for the New York nah, Jets they got we got weapons though I think that can hide that I think that they just need to hold their part up enough well I'm glad we got your unbiased insight for what it's worth. And shout out shout out to my baby bombers too. Yeah, oh dude, we, we talked about that earlier, man. Just to close things out, everybody, yeah. thanks for listening to this week's show. Join us. We're gonna be watching the Yankees and not be pulling what little bit of hair is left on our heads out. Because the Bronx Bombers 2.0 are in the Bronx, and wow, what a way to start off a new era of Yankee baseball. Going and sweeping the Astros in Houston. The Martian the landed first, first swing in his Major League Baseball career is a home run off Justin Verlander, the biggest hater of the New York Yankees. My God. Folks, we'll see you guys next week. Ham's Dave and Ryan Brunel here, and we'll be back. I promise you Ham's Dave's going to be here. Now he's, he's going to be held to it now that he's being set it on the air. Don't go anywhere. The Ryan Show. Ham's Dave on Instagram. I don't lie. Only to women. We'll be back soon. Love you. Peace. Yeah. <laughs>